Oh wait, no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you get your RSS feed, but if you're on iTunes, please drop us a five-star review, and if you really, really like us, go to patreon.com slash badbit, throw us a buck our way. And so with all that said, with all that out of the way... The greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson. How are you, sir? Doing well. Um, yeah. Happy that we, for the most part, survived packs in one piece. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's been an adventure. <laughs> Me more than you, but it's fine. You'll get you, there. You, well, because here's the deal. So, like, we went to packs. Uh, by the way, patrons, if you didn't already know, Pat- uh, Patreon packs episode is up on Patreon.com/slash Badbit. Um, but it will also be attached to this episode here. We'll give you time codes and everything. So if you want to skip ahead or you know when to stop, there you go. It's in the description. Um, but like that bed, because we were sharing a hotel, mm-hmm. um, was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that I knew because like I have a bad back already. I knew something was going to happen because yeah. I'm prone to having a stiff neck. And I remember the final night when we recorded our patreon packs episode i was just like tonight's the night and i drove home i was in pain and then once i got home i immediately died i couldn't i couldn't turn my neck i couldn't turn my body like i was in so much pain it was i I haven't experienced that much since like i had the gallbladder episode we almost went to the hospital. Went to the doctor's office. I know this is very inside this podcast for some reason, but like oh, your health is important. Yeah, it's true. I, I host a show. If I if somehow I died <laughs> tomorrow, I think that'd be important. But yeah, like I got fixed up. Like they gave me meds and this topical cream, and I'm fine. Great. Yeah, it, it, they pretty much gave me head on, but applied directly to my <laughs> neck and shoulders, and it fixed me up. I'm fine. I'm a okay. You know, how about you? How have you survived PAX? Uh, I made out pretty well, uh, you know, not feeling sick. No, uh, not feeling sick. Um, Every day we were up for God only knows how long. And at least my legs in the morning, my legs took a took a toll on me uh, from just standing around and waiting in lines and whatnot. But I got home Sunday. I slept for 14 hours straight. And um I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm very yeah. happy. I'm gonna knock on wood real quick, yeah, uh, just to make sure tomorrow I don't wake up with a fever and the coronavirus. But you well, know, it works. Listen, gang, it's 15 miles away from me. The first case of Jer- in Jersey, it's near. So who knows what's gonna happen next week? If I'm here or I'm like six feet under, you know what I mean, Kyle? Well, listen. if you ever get you know quarantined in the hospital, I can just yeah. come to you and we can record on either side of the door. <laughs> I'll be like the bubble boy. Yes. <laughs> I'll have a hazmat suit on. I'll have the mic inside with me. Oh my goodness, Kyle! Before we talk about the brilliant Final Fantasy demo, before we talk about the coronavirus affecting uh, E3, before we talk about departures at Santa Monica Studios. What have you been playing, Kyle? Uh, so what I've been playing, um, besides all the indie stuff and yeah. not indie stuff at PAX, uh, kind of goes in with the first story, so maybe I'll hold off on it. Okay. Uh, I, I pretty much played the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo like three times. Wow. Because um, I love it so much. But we'll get into it in a little bit, yeah. so I'd much okay. rather hear what you've been playing because it's a game I'm super excited about. 
Dude, I've been playing Blood Roots. This is a code provided by Pop Agenda by Paper Cult. Uh, this is a game that was high on our list at PAX last year. Um, and yeah, we got a code, unfortunately, on PC. But don't worry about it. I improvised. I used a DualShock controller. Pretty much the same thing. I tried. I literally tried mouse and keyboard for five minutes. I was like, "This is disgusting," <laughs> and I cleansed myself, grabbed that Dual Shock, and let me tell you something: Paper or, or Paper Colt has something on their hands here because what Blood Roots essentially is is Samurai Jack meets Hotline Miami meets Hotline Miami meets The Revenant. Yeah. Like, that's what the art style uh, screams out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I read it on IGN, they're like, dude, it's it's like Samurai Jack. I'm like, perfect, perfect freaking analogy. But a lot more greens in, in terms of its art direction here. And a lens for making it look, look a lot different than most of the indies that we see nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and the action is fast. So... Pretty much, essentially, instead of using guns, there are ranged weapons. Like, there is a rifle and there are vases you can throw at enemies. The whole point of this game is your village has been wiped out and you're going to go after the people that wiped out your village. And you're using anything that you could get your hands on to murder your foes to exact your revenge. And it's tongue-in-cheek. Like, there's a lot of fourth wall breaking. But at the same exact time, it is a somewhat serious tone that they have throughout the game Uh, i'm about halfway in so far and essentially what you're doing is you're grabbing things like a vase to kill an enemy or you're grabbing an axe Mm -hmm. or you're grabbing a fence or a ladder or anything again you could get your hands on you're using it as a weapon and some things in the environment are unique like if you grab a ladder you could pretty much spin it in uh, around you and just have a aoe attack for yeah. your enemies and just knock them down. Now you can hop on barrels and roll yep. around on the barrels and run people over as well too, right? Yeah, it's crazy how much though it is an action game, it's also kind of a puzzle game where you can approach it through different angles. So you're never playing the same game twice, but every time you mess up, you know it's on you and it's not the game doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it does mess up, it's because sometimes your character is a little bit too fast. It's a little bit too fluid. But the cool thing about it, every time you complete a stage or you complete a level, it actually gives you a scoreboard next to your friends as well. So, like, there is this whole thing of, like, how fast can I go through the level? How many enemies can I kill? And that's going to help me beat my friend on the, on the scoreboard. So it's really cool. I'm digging it so far. The only thing that I'm not digging is some of the platforming elements. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same issue that I had with Darksiders a few weeks back where they're just, the camera's fixed. So whatever the position that camera is in, you have to kind of deal with it. And that sucks because it helps, it doesn't hurt, or sorry, it doesn't help my depth perception one bit. So platforming is a little bit clumsy and because you're a little bit too fast, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to platform. It feels awesome to kill. Mm-hmm. It feels totally dope. And when there's like the last guy on the stage, you have this cool little kill intro that you do, like a finisher. But other than that, Bloodroot's fantastic. I think it's 19.99 right now. Go out there, buy it on PSN, on Switch, whatever other. Con- I think it's just actually. I think it's just PC, PS4, and Switch. So go out yes. there, mm-hmm. buy it. Fantastic. Kyle, that's what I've been playing. 
But before we get into the news, again, this episode brought to you by our beautiful patrons over at patreon.com slash bad bit. A shout out to our new patrons, Robbie Bobby Miller himself and uh, Alfonso, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, Arlano, and our Silver Plus members, Ray Martinez, JB, the Purple Monkey himself. Thank you for supporting us. Because of your support, we are where we are right now. You got us to PAX. You have us talking here on the show. If we got you through a bad day, if we got you through a drive home, please, please, please consider throwing a buck our way. It helps make us better and build this show. So with that, Kyle, it's time to square up the news. Let's the first it. story comes from Joseph Yaden over at PS Lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII Remake has gone gold with a month to spare. No more delays. Earlier this morning, we were greeted with the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo on PS4. A pleasant surprise for those eager to get their hands on it. But the demo isn't the only Final Fantasy VII Remake news today. The highly anticipated remake has also gone gold, meaning its core development is complete. The file has been printed to a disc and sent to Sony, and it's on track to launch in April. Tetsuya Nomura stated the following, quote, Yes, it's all right now. We needed a little more time for some of the last quality improvements, but it, it has already gone gold, and there won't be any further delays, end quote. Oof. And let me tell you, we played it at PAX. We yes, then we got to play the home demo. Mm-hmm. Two totally different demos, by the way. Yep. Um... And there was also a lot of other news that comes with this demo. First and foremost, throughout the month of March, if you buy a Nestle candy product, but they're trying to push Butterfinger on you, yep. don't be fooled. Okay, Butterfingers, crunch or get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Okay, I think you Baby Ruth's also count, I think. Baby Ruth's, though, also trash. True. So, like, it's really you're settling for crunch. <laughs> if that, Now, here's the thing. If it's in a bunch of crunch... Oh, here we go. That's a fucking game changer. Here we go. You just sneak it in a pocket when you go to the movies, bam, you don't have to pay that surcharge, and you get a free Final Fantasy VII dynamic theme. Not free because you're buying candy, Mm -hmm. but whatever. Cheat on your diet. You only live once, okay? They also have a bunch of in-game items as well, the more candy you buy. I think every two you buy is like another thing you can unlock in the game. (laughs) Video games, man. <laughs> Final Fantasy, in particular, with their sponsoring deals, yeah. is insane. I, I mean, wasn't it Cup of Noodles last Cup time? Cup of Noodles, yes, in 15. Jeez. What was it in 14 or 13? Uh, I, those... I don't remember. But back when this Final Fantasy VII, the original game, came out, it was partnered with Pepsi. And like oh. cases of Pepsi and stuff. Ugh. So, a long Ugh. history there. Yeah, long... God, Pepsi's trash. This is a Coke podcast, by the way. As I drink my Pepsi, because it's the only thing we have in the house right now. Oh, God. Why don't you... Might as well drink it to Sani. Uh, As long as you upload the demo by April 5th, you also get another dynamic theme. And like I said last... Download the demo. Sorry, download the demo. Yeah. So Ray Martinez, very worried about this. He's like, I just just want the game. I don't want to play the demo. And... That's all. Like, I, I, I don't want to get overhyped. I get it, but I'm sorry we're about to overhype you. Yeah. Kyle, I got a question for you. It's yeah. the same question famous Seamus writes in. The most famous Seamus I've ever met in my entire life. And he writes, what was your favorite part about the Final Fantasy VII remake demo? Both at PAX and here at home. Oh, man. 
So at PAX, the moment I put on those headphones, yeah. also the moment I got a ticket that says I can go play, hallelujah, um, I put those headphones on and I heard that menu music, the the chills went through my body, I had goosebumps everywhere, I was so excited to that it was finally here. And mm. so when I played the PAX demo, I was just in awe, I was like, oh my god, there's Cloud, it, the way I imagined him there's barrett the way i imagined him just towering over cloud not these little polygons weird looking things um my favorite thing would be the voice acting um 100 uh more so in the demo we got at home but just i love the banter i love the back and forth between them um as far as like gameplay goes from the Mm -hmm. pax demo I loved how quickly it's it, it it clicked in my brain, switching between Barrett and Cloud with the simple up and down on the D-pad and hitting the Scorpion tank. Because all, is... all we got at PAX West, uh, PAX West, PAX East, yeah. was the Scorpion tank boss fight with a couple little uh, enemy mobs beforehand. Yeah. Um, so that is you, my first yeah. question, though, for you. Yeah. Like, playing this game, being a huge Final Fantasy fan, yeah, uh, loving the first one, I mean, the love is there. You see it from the team, but did it feel like like a, a remake in terms of like the the combat to you? Like, was it a like step up from what you you've wanted? I, I am traditionally a turn based purist. I love traditional turn based RPGs. Okay. So like, it's something that I'm happy to report that is it's not as big of a hurdle for me. The combat like it did click pretty well, and it is fun. Um, but when it comes to like total remake, just that environment alone, uh, and knowing what it looked like in the first game is blowing my mind the amount of detail that they put into it. Like I, when you descend down in the long hallway where the scorpion tank shows up, I was like, Ooh, there's a save point over here. Usually I can go save in. (laughs) I know exactly the halfway across the bridge. It will, it will cut screens and go to the next spot. I, I, yeah, it is. I'm blown away by the amount of detail just in the environments alone. Cause here's the thing that's going to sound creepy. I was staring at you from afar (laughs) and you just felt like, like you, you look like, you were just I had a huge heaven. smile on my face. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was just like, this is it. You're home. It's kind of like, the, the only way I can even match that is like when I saw the Force Awakens trailer for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, look at that lightsaber. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's something It's something magical when you love something that much. Mm-hmm. For me, um, as a non-Final Fantasy seven fan, yeah. I wasn't in love with the demo. Uh, I I I told you uh, at PAX I was just like, this is gonna be a game I buy. I don't know if I'm gonna beat it though. Because it your seems... your one thing was it just dropped you. There was yeah. no lead up. Yeah, at the PAX demo it was just like, here's the boss. Here's three dudes. Have fun. I'm just like, but I don't know any of the controls. I don't know mm-hmm. any of the moves. I'm a complete novice. Like the chick next to me who was like the Final Fantasy like the chaperone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, representative. <laughs> Chaperone. Like, she's my mom. <laughs> All right, everybody. Do you have your exit, buddy? It is lunchtime. Let's go. <laughs> Hold hands to the exit. Um, Grab your paper bag filled with Dude, I felt so bad for her because I was just like, what do I do here? She's like, use a Phoenix down, you fucking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I killed Cloud twice. Oh, no. But, like, you know, at the comfort of my own home, sitting down, not having a busted demo where the music was way too loud. Yeah. Um, 
this this demo that they gave us was like 45 minutes long. The one at home we're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. And like it broke down each section perfectly well. Like there was one complaint, I think on Kotaku, and I'm sorry, I'm going to shit on you here, guy. But one person's like, they didn't explain things well. I'm like, they, every time there's something new, they literally make sure that you can't skip it unless you hold, uh, uh, you know, you you press the option buttons. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I read it. Let's go. Come on, let's go. So it's either you have ADHD like me and you didn't (laughs) read it. Or I don't know what to tell you because yeah. they ran through everything perfectly fine. I was playing it on normal. I had a little bit of a trouble the first playthrough. Second playthrough though, it it clicked, man. Yeah. I it felt so good. Yeah, pausing in and out of the fights felt really great. Um, even playing it, <laughs> Kyle. Guess what? Yeah. It's been one thousand eight hundred like <sighs> seven days. Playing it like Bloodborne, where like I'm using dodges more than actually like running up to him, mm-hmm. um, felt really good to me. I, the combat itself just felt evolved. Like I've played a little bit of Final Fantasy 15, a little bit of Kingdom Hearts 3, mm-hmm. and it feels like they perfected what they wanted to get out of that combat system. And whatever makes Final Fantasy's turn-based system work there, and yep. kind of merge those things into something that is very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Sure, the camera doesn't work all the time for you, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it felt really great. Yeah. And I and feel like like when you master it, it gives you shortcuts. And you told yes. me you were like, I mastered it. Oh, yeah. Add packs in the demo specifically. I was like, okay, I'm going because they brought the stagger. <clears throat> excuse me. They brought the stagger mecha- mechanic from Final Fantasy 13 where you beat up mm-hmm. on the enemy to a certain point. They kind of get like exhausted and that's when you can hit him with your high powered stuff and just do the most damage um but the moment i figured that out after i used barrett to hit the thunder on the scorpion tank to raise that stagger i immediately hop over to cloud do his special moves which are like l1 and square for braver in the demo and l1 triangle for focus thrust and i think they even Mm -hmm. had another move during the pax demo that isn't in the demo that you download at home um it just it seems so intuitive for me, uh, and I and I really love that, and I'm excited for when the full game is out, getting in the menu and customizing what the shortcuts are, and kind of mm-hmm. doing my own thing uh, when it comes to that, and really yeah. prioritizing the moves that I want to use. And like the characters, you're right. For the most part, they fucking nail it. Like the yeah. fat guy that reminds me of me. Wedge? I'm like, why are you? Yeah, Wedge. I love Wedge. Wedge Antilles is in it, and he gained a few pounds. Uh, Jesse has the fucking oh. hots for you. So like, she here, is he, so thirsty, dude. He, here's why I think we both say that this demo that we get to play at home is better. Mm-hmm. It, not only is it, Joe. So you know this. I'm pretty sure you do know this. The mm-hmm. way that this demo opens up is how the original game opens up. Oh, uh, really? With, cl- okay. with them coming in on the train, the big shot of Midgar and zooming in. That is how the original game opened up. Oh, shit. So you um, were just like stunned. I was, whoo. I-, I think even IGN might have a side-by-side of the original and the remake yeah. and how they, they time up. But just seeing the detail there and then like giving us more info on these characters that didn't really get a whole lot of love in that department, such as Jesse. They killed mm. Jesse in this one. And I don't mean like in a, in oh, a bad way. I was going to say, dude, spoilers. No, no, no. Not, not, no, 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 absolutely not. Um, what I mean is like the character that I believe Jesse could have mm. been in the original. They give her more time. She's mm. very flirty and like the she The one thing is, that I don't like yeah. is like everybody has grunts. 
And oh. I get it. It's like typical like anime. Japanese yeah. anime type of thing. Because like everybody's like, so are you single? And he's just like, <gasps> oh, yeah. oh, what if we just did a whole podcast of just the the RPG grunts. What? Yeah, it's just like, dude, like, stop making so much goo. I'm trying to... I get it, Cloud. You're hot. I don't know what to tell you. You know, he makes me confused. Anyway, loved it. I think this demo's fantastic. Uh, I Listen, if you're like Ray, and you want to go pure, you know, you know, blinders on, salute you. I dug it as a non-Final Fantasy fan. This is a day one. I'm so fucking hyped. I'm on the train. And I, I totally get where you're coming from, Ray. Yeah. But, like, I, play it, man. I, I'm i also kind of with you on that one, but it yeah. is... Once you experience it, it is such... Here's the thing, you, tears of joy. Tears Here's of joy. Thing, Look, at you. Look at you. All right. Rip and tear until it fits the frame. I <laughs> framed Doom Eternal because mm-hmm. I loved it so much at PAX. Mm-hmm. These, these two games are, like, weeks apart. Yeah. It's going to be rough. Yeah. It's gonna be goddamn rough. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Every time it really makes me laugh. <laughs> Look at this photograph. <laughs> Every time it really makes me laugh. <laughs> On to the next story, Kyle. <laughs> I'm sorry, you broke you. <laughs> Cause like it, I'm I'm seeing the meme <laughs> where it's just check oh, yeah. Look at this graph. Look, Look at this graph. <laughs> This anyway, uh, Brian yeah. Ashcroft from Kotaku writes up, The PlayStation 2 is now 20 years old. On mm. March 4th, 2000, the PlayStation 2 went on sale in Japan. The console mm. would go on to become the best-selling video game console ever, moving over 155 million units and becoming home to many of the greatest games ever made. Oof, that's, oh. a, that's a gosh dang statement. Hell yeah. But I didn't realize it until today. PlayStation 2. 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle, you hold more memories than I do of this system. Hell yeah. You are the true PlayStation fanboy. What's your favorite memory out of here? Oh, so many. Uh, yeah. Just from gaming standpoint, you got Bully, you got Rogue Galaxy, Dragon Quest Eight, the SSX trilogy, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter. Um, my love of guitar rhythm games came from mm. here. Like Guitar Hero was the start on PS2. Uh, DDR, like I played the crap out of DDR and those those dance really. Maps. Oh, I was a big DDR fan. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Not to mention like Final Fantasy X and yeah. GTA Three, Vice City, and San Andreas. Like all, yeah. all. What's the word I'm looking for? In, not informative. Aff- affirmative. No. <laughs> those are not. Well, they're informative in many ways. What? What's <laughs> formative there we go formative Formative experiences for me as a gamer um and why i love playstation so much because it gave me those experiences and it just i i know that startup screen is great with the blocks floating and just like honestly that's that is my favorite startup screen yeah also from non-gaming standpoint it was the first time i had a dvd player in my house um so i was able to experience watching dvds uh, for the with like behind the scenes stuff and commentary. Funny tracks. you should say that. That is actually how we sold our parents into getting yeah. me a PlayStation. It was like, here we buy it and then we'll get Stargate <laughs> <laughs> bundled in with it. Oh, remember Stargate? That, I do. We watched it eight times, not because we wanted to, but like, yeah. For me, the PlayStation Two was the party system. 
Like, that's where I played Call of Duty. That's where I played games like Ratchet and Clank. Were, oh, God. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember my friend Connor introducing me to Nuts and Bolts, and, like, it was fantastic. Yeah. Like, that is that is a console that I hold a lot of friendship memories for. Um, and when we talk about Grand Theft Auto... Kyle, we got we have what is it like two or three different types of GTA that landed in this generation? Three, three. Which one was your favorite? Uh, Vice City. I love the Miami neon vibes a whole lot in that one. Okay, okay, like the Scarface like vibes. Yeah, even though I I can objectively say that San Andreas is a better game than Vice City, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I just love the whole feeling and I love the radio stations in Vice City a whole lot too. Oh my god, yeah. Hey, how about you know what? Uh, if you would, would you kindly re- read uh, one of our uh, viewers' Absolutely. memories? Absolutely. Uh, Ray Martinez, right? Is red last name? Mm-hmm. I don't want. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mistake him. Mistake that. Uh, Ray, we love it. you. Uh, Ray's memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, PS2 memory. I remember trying to bounce a check, trying to buy my first PS2. I was willing to accept whatever consequences came from doing that. Unfortunately, they ran my check through some machine. It beeped red, and I got turned away. PS2 still sitting on the checkout counter. It was heartbreaking. Several mo- several months later, and a lot of ramen eaten and several pounds lighter. I finally got one, and it was amazing. My first games were Gran, Gran Turismo, A-Spec, and Final Fantasy X. I also Ooh. brought my first DVDs, Ghostbuster, and The Matrix. So many great memories. Thank you, Sony. Oh, my God. I forgot. How did I forget The Matrix? Matrix? I don't know. But I remember buying that DVD at a supermarket for my PlayStation 2. That's freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it's It's crazy how, like... Jo- I'll read. I'll read Josh's memory. My first job was in the summer of 2003. My first paycheck came in after two weeks of giving me enough money to buy a PS2 and WWE SmackDown. Shut your mouth! Hell yeah, Josh! <laughs> I love the title. Shut your mouth! And here comes the pain and know your role. Greatest know your SmackDown role. wrestling Shut games your ever. Mouth. Come at me. Um, and Metal Gear Solid 2, the first console that has officially that was officially mine, bought with my own money, and was a great way to escape reality when my car was stolen <laughs> the following week. God, Josh, damn. Man. I know it happened 17 years ago, but Josh, I'm sorry that happened, man. Yeah. Now, Josh and, uh, and Ray, guess how old I was when the PS2 came out? Oh, gee, how old were you? I was nine years old. <laughs> I was nine years old. I was twelve, going on thirteen. Ah, oh, the formative years, indeed, formative dude. Years, yeah. Here's the thing: I got GTA um, San Andreas when I was about like thirteen as well. Mm-hmm. I know it was still the Bush administration, so like that's how <laughs> I'm thinking. It. it was like week two of the Iraq War, and that's when I got it. It was like after mission accomplished. My mom's like, "All right, Joe, <laughs> here's San Andreas to celebrate freedom." Uh, and oil. And so, like, for me, San Andreas was, like, my... If if there is a, a game that's, like, that's the PS2, it's San Andreas. 110%. That mm-hmm. is the game that I look at. Like, I know everybody hates the, the eating and the working out and the hot coffee. But, like, I loved all that. It made me really feel like I was living in this world. Mm-hmm. And to me... It has some like I could still tell you how to get from your your home 
all around like the first original city. Like yeah. San Andreas was such a great game mm-hmm. and so ahead of its time. Absolutely. And it was it it just felt so fucking good. Unfortunately, when I was a kid, I got stuck in the San Francisco map with the fucking airplane remote control thing. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Bullshit level. Uh, I can't believe I totally forgot about these, but also yeah. God of War one and two. Like, oh, again, without Kyle, them, you're twelve years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was a great time. Um, I actually, I actually distinctly remember. Uh, I don't know what the reasoning was, but your mom's like, he's just playing the first level over and over. Again. <laughs> you know, he's you know what was really funny room? though with that is yeah. like I pre-ordered Vice City, I think it was Vice City, at Toys R Us with my dad, <laughs> and when we went to go pick it up, the the person at the counter was like, "You realize what this game's about?" To my dad, and my dad just looks at me, he's like, "He's a good kid." Let's let's do it. I was like, okay, oh, I appreciate you, Dad. Uh, but like, one of my he's one of he's he. Your dad is the parent that we all hate at games. I completely agree, but I appreciate you, Dad, for allowing that to happen. Yeah. Um. Yep. One of my best uh, memories from just like buying a game, other than that one, is uh, we didn't have any Best Buys near us. The be- Claire's mm. Best Buy was like up the island, and we were up there for some reason. And I walked in, and I saw. I remember hearing all about GTA Three. Uh-huh. And uh, Final Fantasy X just came out. And I was like, oh, which one can I get? Like, I only have enough for one. And then doing the whole thing, looking at my mom's like, oh, I really want both. Like, can I have both, please? I'll do extra chores. So that day, I got two of my favorite games of all time. I got Final Holy Fantasy X shit. and Grand Theft Auto Three on the same day. And that was That's probably awesome. my greatest pickup day ever. Ever. It ever. was just, it's awesome. Aren't those days the best? Oh, so good. I know my worst pickup game. Oh, so do I. One, yeah, my brother uh, traded in our Super Nintendo and all of our Super Nintendo games uh. for... Just wait. Just wait for it. Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. And he never fucking played it. <laughs> Famous Seamus, I'm going to move away from that awful memory, <laughs> writes... I'll always remember playing Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 with my older brother, playing Twisted Metal Black, Hell yeah. and it's opening, and watching my brother beat uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Dude, Battlefront 1 and 2, mm-hmm. again, party games, those, were, those lived on my PlayStation. Those lived on my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. God, I love... I, to me, first Battlefront's the best Battlefront, but Battlefront 2's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. With Twist, that Kyle Twisted Metal Black doesn't get a whole lot of love that it deserves it either. The, e- yeah. Each each driver having its own twisted, pun intended, <laughs> story um, was a, was very eye opening for a young kid like myself. Yeah. Like holy crap, yeah. they Mark really up. went all about it. We'll have David Jaffe on the show one day. He'll tell us all about it. He'll tell us all about it. Hey Kyle. Hey Joe. Off of the happy news memories. Happy 20th, PS2. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Valentine from GamesIndustry.biz writes, ESA moves ahead with E3 2020 despite coronavirus concerns. The Electronic Software Association, or the ESA, plans to move forward with E3 plans despite growing concerns over the spread of the novel coronavirus or COVID-19. 
Mm-hmm. Quote, everyone is watching the situation very closely, said the ESA in a statement to Vice Games. We will continue to be vigilant as our first priority is the health, wellness, and safety of all of our exhibitors and attendees. Given what we know at this time, we are moving ahead full speed with E3 2020 planning. Exhibit and registration sales are on track for an exciting show in June, end quote. This statement came in the wake of the indefinite postponement of the Games Developers Conference, or GDC, after a flurry of major companies dropped out of the event due to COVID-19 concerns. Update. Whoa. Yeah, we're we're moving at the speed of light today. Uh, (laughs) With the city of Los Angeles having declared a state of emergency today, the ESA has issued a new statement on the situation. Quote, The health and safety of our attendees, exhibitors, partners, and staff is our top priority. While the ESA continues to plan for a safe and successful E3 show June 9th through 11th of 2020, we are monitoring and evaluating the situation daily. End quote. With the Mm -hmm. city of Los Angeles having... Is that the same thing twice? Yeah, it is. Um, oh, so, so sorry. That, that's okay. That is the quote that um, ESA put out because of the state of emergency. Yeah. It is It is crazy to see, you know, we talk about it. I mean, we've been talking about it every freaking week so far, right? But, like, yeah. even at the beginning of the show, someone has it 15 minutes away from where I live. Mm-hmm. Like, it's getting real. It's getting serious. And, um, you know, to me, my guttural reaction is anger not at just people not washing their fucking hands, but also people not washing their fucking hands. Yeah. No, but also like the YouTubers and commentators that were so quick to jump on PlayStation mm-hmm. for dropping out of GDC and PAX East, whether justified or sl- slight overreaction. But like, you're not seeing this. Yeah, this is real. And you know, Ray's getting a lot of love this episode, rightfully so. So remember, patreon.com slash badbit. <laughs> Um, and he, he asked, how is this going to affect the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X launch? And the fact is, it's already affecting it. Yeah. Like, this here, this update, I mean, the city of Los Angeles is under a state of emergency. Um, we're hearing everyone but the Trump administration say, it's only going to get worse from here until it gets better. Mm-hmm. So, like, things are serious. One hundred percent. What are what are your your thoughts, Kyle? Uh, your your first reactions. Uh, first reactions are, um, yeah, uh, it is is shocking that this outbreak scenario is actually real life. Um, yeah. I think it's the first thing that pops into my head. Uh, uh, good on LA for shutting it down, and good on ESA for hopefully evaluating it and going the correct way with it. Um, yeah, it might seem crazy. That from three months from now, they're planning ahead and trying to look into, uh, you know, if they're going to cancel E3. But, like, that that thing can spread pretty fast and yeah. in those three months. And uh, if anyone is upset over this, like, reevaluate your priorities. It is the health of everyone involved. That is what needs to come first. It's no just matter games. what. It's just games. It's just games. It's just trailers. It's just trailers of games that are gonna get delayed. Absolutely. And like when it comes to the you know games now, everyone's complaining about their backlog. You just have more time to play your backlog. Yeah. If if that's the end if that's what you're truly worried about. Um we have to deflate hype culture for just a second here mm-hmm. and think about what's really important. Um, and stop thinking of other businesses' strategies. Yeah. And just think about 
what is the best way that I can prevent shit like this happening to me? Wash your fucking hands. Wash your fucking hands, (laughs) that's for sure. Uh, Cough like Barack taught us, you know. Bend to the elbow, cough like that. Don't cough in your hands. Guy in the waiting room yesterday, I'm looking at you. You coughed in your hands, and then you had something in your eye, and you poked your eye. You're infected. You're infected, and I'm not dealing with your stupidity, sir. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just wash your fucking hands. Don't go to crowded-ass places if you don't have to be there. That's why, like, for me, I I am not going to E3 this year. I've had no plans. It's kind of solidified that, that, like... Mm -hmm. This it's just it's 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 a no go for me. Yeah, it really isn't that important at the end of the day. Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, we were just at PAX and there are thousands yeah. of people there, and um, I was definitely much more cognizant of like me touching my face, making sure yeah. I got the hand sanitizer, and good on every game booth they had sanitizer there. They were mm-hmm. wiping down everything uh, to a certain degree, and um, dude, there were people waiting. Um, like employees, shout escalator. out to the PAX team on the escalators with with disinfectant wipes, yep. just leaving it there so like people, yeah, wouldn't get sick. It was awesome. Like, unfortunately, when it comes to something like E three, you can't really preemptively. I mean, you can preemptively prepare, but like, you, disinfectant wipes isn't going to help you when people from across the globe's coming into your event. Yeah, and it's just more bad news for. Mm-hmm a convention that is already on the brink of relevancy and it's and and it looks like you know it looks it's it's just not looking good yeah and i i can't i i'm not gonna be like the monday morning quarterback of like well what's gonna happen next year at at you know e3 what's Mm -hmm. gonna happen there i wonder if they could come back Uh, to me that's not the concern i just want people to be safe and um and it, it it looks like it might be canceled, but please don't get disheartened. Please don't get angry. It's people's safety. Yeah. You know, pe- there are already dozens that have died in, in the U.S. alone. I think we're reaching over a dozen, mm-hmm. uh, over like 80,000 people. So, like, think of others for just a sec, you know? And if it doesn't get canceled, then we'll have some dope directs all weekend yeah. long uh, of games. And, and you've got to touch anybody. It's no. the best thing. Yeah, just hang out with us as we do uh, trailer reactions and, and live E3 show reactions. Yeah, but still wash your fucking hands. Please do. Because guess what? Your keyboard is nastier than your goddamn toilet. Yes. Wash your fucking hands. <laughs> and take a shower while we're at it. Please. There you from, go. And use deodorant. Like, yeah, There are some smelly people at PAX. Um, yeah. Also, by the way, mm-hmm. quick sidebar when it comes yeah. to this virus thing. Did sure. you? There was a thing on News 12 here on the island. Uh, a big, a big like breaking news: uh, yeah. the coronavirus is impacting a Baby Yoda production toys. Like, no. so the Baby Yoda toys are are in danger of not coming out as quickly as as they can. Son of a bitch! They're taking it from us. How dare you, coronavirus? We have to stop the coronavirus <laughs> before more Baby Yoda <laughs> production <laughs> is affected. <laughs> Kyle. On to the next story. So. Uh, Matt Kim from IGN writes, Sony names new head of Santa Monica Studio. Earlier today, Google announced a brand new video game studio in Playa Vista, California, created to develop games exclusively for Stadia. To head up the new studio, Google tapped a former God of War executive producer, Shannon Studsell, to lead the new endeavor. 
As for Santa Monica Studio, PlayStation has announced the new studio head to replace her. In a statement to IGN, Santa Monica Studio has announced Yumi Yang, a 19-year veteran at PlayStation, with an extensive background in product development and heavy involvement across many of Santa Monica Studio's biggest games, as the next studio head for its Santa Monica location. Quote, her project management prowess and meticulous oversight of 2018's God of War helped the title fully realize its groundbreaking potential, a spokesperson said in the statement. After nearly two decades and countless substantial contributions to Santa Monica Studios' rich legacy, Yumi has the unquestioned respect and trust of her peers. With her vast experience and deep understanding of the studio's distinct creative DNA, she is perfectly positioned to lead Santa Monica Studio to a bold and exciting future. So... You know, happy and sad news. Yeah. Uh, Shannon is the head. You know, a lot of people kind of um, mistake Corey Barlog as the head of the studio. He's not. He's just uh, one of the creative directors there. Mm-hmm. I believe they're a two-team team. I believe so, um, yes. So, yeah, he, he he's underneath uh, Shannon Studstill in terms of, uh, you know, uh, seniority mm-hmm. there at, at Santa Monica Studio. So let's get the first thing out of the way first, all right? People are like, is Santa Monica in danger? No. Because they just lost the head of the studio. Mm-hmm. Everything's gone awry. Kyle. Joe. Cats and dogs are getting together. Pigs are it's flying. It's madness. It's lunacy. <laughs> what's going on at Santa Monica? Business is what's happening because it happens all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, fine. Obviously, it, it sucks that Shannon's leaving because Shannon yeah. has been there for a very long time. And a lot of yeah. Santa Monica stuff has run through Shannon, um, but if you've if you've watched the Raising Kratos documentary, it was Shannon and Yumi uh, mm-hmm. throughout the whole process uh, and how well they kind of nurtured the game, specifically Yumi, and, and like made sure God of War is what it is today. Um, so Santa yeah. Monica's in good hands. Uh, yeah. I have no issues with Yumi thought- taking over. I thought for a second where uh, the way it was written, it was a uh, uh, Yumi Yang, a nineteen year, and I was like a nineteen year old. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of responsibility for a kid. Oh my god! <laughs> you know they got to go through their hormones and all that shit. Um, At yeah, 19? No, nineteen, nineteen years. I don't know. <laughs> We're all stupid at nineteen, man. That's true. That's you know? true. We're all doing the do. It's nuts. Um, but like, as a nineteen year veteran. The company's fine. That's it's literally almost two decades right there of experience. The studio's fine. Everybody relax. Yeah. Okay. I've seen a lot of Xbox fans very worried. Don't worry, guys. Worry about yourself. We here at PlayStation, perfectly fine. Don't worry we're about good. us. We're we're good. You got <laughs> you. We got us. We're fine, fam. Secondly, Shannon is betraying us. <laughs> <laughs> that cold-hearted woman. She's How going to Stadia? Stadia. Google? Stadia? What What do you feel about this move? I mean, it would be one thing if it's Microsoft, mm-hmm. but Google? What are your first thoughts there, Kyle? I don't mind it. Like, I get okay. from Google's standpoint, like, you want to get somebody that has <clears throat> uh, experience running a major developer and bringing these major AAA titles to fruition, and... I think it's a good get for them because, like, I can't think of any Stadia exclusives because I refuse to call it Stadia. It's Stadia exclusives. Stadia. It's it's a whole X across debate again. Um, That's I, what the dev at Boulder's Gate told me at PAX East. Well, 
I'm sorry, Baldur's Gate dev. Uh, Stadia needs more exclusives. They need because I can think of. Yes, it's a time exclusive, I guess. But Baldur Gates mm-hmm. three, you have that smaller title that I think was at launch. Guilt, I can't, guilt thank you. Yep. Um, I don't know if that's timed or that is strictly just a an exclusive to Stadia. They know. need they need something to incentivize people to go out and use this service. Yeah, I mean, like again, everybody's been been beating this dead horse of like Google Stadia is dead. Yeah, um, there's a lot of critiques we can throw right now, right? Like this should have happened years ago. Yeah, let's be real right now. Like Stadia should have been acquiring folks years ago, and the fact that like. We got Jade Raymond, and she was just hired mm-hmm. last year to work on one AAA game for this service is ridiculous. Yeah, it kind of goes to show, though, Stadia isn't down and out. They look if they're hiring Shannon, that game's not getting made for at least five years, mm-hmm. for the very least. They're in it for the long haul. They know that they messed up. It's kind of like with Microsoft with the Xbox One. They know they done goofed. But now look at them. They're in a power position. They're the underdog, and, and people have rounded, you know, rounded uh, around them as the movers and shakers of the industry when it comes to things like crossplay, cross progression, and Game Pass. So, like, let's not just strictly say Google Stadia is dead. Is it on the right path? No. Yeah. There's still a lot of things that need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Google could cancel this thing tomorrow, but Microsoft could cancel Xbox if they wanted tomorrow. Yeah. You know. The whole idea, and they wouldn't. I'm just saying, settle down. I'm just saying that the whole idea that, oh, Google cancels everything. Well, like, billion-dollar companies cancel all sorts of things. You know, Microsoft canceled Surface. You know what I mean? Like, the the table. Surface was originally a goddamn table. Mm -hmm. Like, Apple's still fooling around with a a van robot. Like, billion-dollar companies, don't worry about where their money's going. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. But... Good luck, Shannon. I, yeah. I wish the best for you. Yeah. You fucking traitor. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, oh, Otto, I think <gasps> the lightning news. Oh. Cue the lightning effects. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com. Uh, this uh, first bit of lightning news comes straight <laughs> from the blog itself. Shadow mm-hmm. of the Tomb Raider, Control, Wolfenstein 2, and more join PS Now in March. Hello, PlayStation Now fans. We're excited to announce a new batch of PlayStation 4 games joining the PlayStation Now library in March. Starting March 3rd, PS Now subscribers can enjoy 11 new games, including Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Control, and Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, which are available to stream and download. These games will join the PlayStation Now library of more than 800 PS4, PS3, and PS2 games in all. Here are those 11 games. Control. Available until Monday, August 31st. Dead or Alive 5, last round. NASCAR Heat 3, Knights of Azure, Knights of Azure 2, Bride of the New Moon, Romance of the Three Kingdoms 13, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, available until August 31st. Tukadin 2, Tukadin Kiwami, Warriors All-Stars, and Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Kyle, this might be one of the best, if not the best month for PlayStation now so far. Hell yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, we got two games that you really want people to play, ah. and they're there. Yeah, my game of the year of last year in Control, and one mm-hmm. of the best first-person shooters of this gen in Wolfenstein 2. Yeah. And I mean, NASCAR Heat 3? Are yeah. we just going to simply ignore the recent game of 
whatever the thirteenth installment of Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Like hell yeah, I let's mean, go. dude, uh, to woke it in Kiwami. Come on, or to week it in. <laughs> I know people are gonna get hurt if I if I if I, I think it's it wrong. what how what did I say? Tukinen, Tokinen. I think it's Tukinen. I don't know. Tukinen. Listen, good month. It's Very a good, really month. good month. And I think PlayStation's finally starting to throw some cash at some big names to get people into the PS Now yeah. eco- ecosystem. Because let's be honest, Game Pass has been running it right now for the past few months. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yes. Like, that's why I turn on my Xbox is for games that are on Game Pass, and yeah. that's it. So, like, to me, this is awesome. It's it's a good get as well that controls here. Mm-hmm. And not on Game Pass as of right now, as of this episode. It's cool. It's also it's a good get because Control is nominated for a ton of BAFTAs. That's um, that is true. And it's like, hey, you want to know why Control is nominated for? I think eleven BAFTAs. Eleven tied uh, with Death Stranding. Yep. Come check out PS Now and, and download yeah. or stream it. Like, I know I traded in Control because I platinumed it. There's nothing more I can do. But when they announced DLC, literally a day after I traded it in. Mm-hmm. And I felt like an idiot. Now this gives me an excuse to go back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the next thing that you added in here, Kyle, if you don't mind me the asking you? PS Plus games for March are mm. Shadows of the Colossus and Sonic Forces, as well as a Predator Hunting Grounds trial from March 27th Ooh. to March 29th. Man, we get one of the greatest science fiction horror games I mean, our horror franchises on board this month. Yep, we got you know one of the best games possibly ever made uh, that has just such a strong niche audience. And Sonic Forces, and then you got Shadow of the Colossus. Like that's nuts. (laughs) You know, you got a genre-defining game. Shadow of the Colossus for free. Yeah, it's it's, listen. It's a solid month. Do you think it's a solid month? Because of Shadow, Um, even though it's not my cup of tea. It is hands down. Do you mean Sonic Forces? Because Shadow the Hedgehogs and Sonic Forces. <laughs> I could care less about Sonic Forces, but like, okay. uh, even though Shadow is not my my cup of tea, I can recognize it as being one of the best games that PlayStation yeah. has ever put out, and it means a lot for gaming just in general, at least from a be- from a uh, artistic standpoint and storytelling standpoint. So like, it's dope that it's out there. Now, Kyle, I have a question for you. I might have. What an are you? possibly doing March 27th to the 29th. Uh, what would I be doing? Uh, probably playing the show. Be doing. God damn it, Kyle. No, <laughs> you could be playing Predator Hunting yes, Grounds 100%. with me and the community. Hell yeah. Gang, if you're interested in Predator Hunting Grounds, there's a free trial. Again, the 27th to the 29th of March. I will be, I don't know the day for sure, We'll nail it down probably next week, but I will definitely be playing with anybody who wants to jump in, who wants to give this a go. I played it at PAX East. I really enjoyed it, and so let's see, let's see how this game fares. Yeah, end of March. I'm excited. I'm, you know what? I'm excited too. I, I hope Ilfonic nothing but the best. But Kyle, I got a question for you, okay? Mm-hmm. And I ask it each and every gosh dang week. Are you holding on to something? Yes. Prepare the drop. Each and every week, PlayStation drops the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation onto the PlayStation storefront. The only problem is that there are way too many awesome games to list. So each host picks one game of their choosing and talks about why you 
should play it. This week, it was absolute dog shit. It's not great. But Kyle, <laughs> what did you what did you put on here, buddy? I picked <laughs> the most menacing game on this list called Oh yeah, Syrup and the Ultimate Sweet. It is on oh, PS4 and Vita, a long live the Vita, and it's also cross by. Uh, mm. Syrup finds a candy golem in her basement. Could the two become friends and finally complete the ultimate suite? In a magical town, there lives a candy alchemist, Syrup, who one day discovers a candy golem in her basement. Where did she come from? Who could have made her? Go find out. I love how the description oh, just shit. rephrases the sentence twice in a row. But it is a, uh, if fellow trophy hunters out there know this uh, this publisher, it is a Radalaka <laughs> game. I think I'm saying that correctly. Mm-hmm. They the whole, The only reason they're still in business is because the Platinums are super easy to get, like, within an hour, two hours. So, like, if I can get two Platinums out of this... Kyle. Kyle. I'm all for it. And I love candy, so let's let's go. Ultimate Sweet, I I want to know what it is. Maybe if you buy buy it twice... I don't. I buy it once. Final Fantasy... It's cross-buy. Okay, well, when you enact cross-buy, maybe unlock that Final Fantasy... Is it a Nestle product, the Ultimate Sweet? Is it just going to show up as a (laughs) Nestle Crunch Bar? That's the Ultimate Sweet? Excuse me. Um, probably. All right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kyle, listen, I'm very horsed. Horsed? But I gotta get through this game. Dog, literally like a dog. Fighter, World War Two. New Sky Battle Royale has arrived. Real dogs, like fucking like four paws and everything. <laughs> Fighting Battle Royale based in World War Two, like Nazis and shit. Be a part of the grand sky battle with warplanes such as Mustang, Spitfire, and Musenschmidt. <laughs> Messerschmitt. Again, you, you 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 said that a little bit too well, Kyle. What are you trying to say? What are you fucking hiding? <laughs> Zero Zen. Nothing. Customize the way you want with 40 people. You are the ruler of the sky. Kyle. Yeah. When I saw this game... I tried to find a trailer for it. Uh-huh. Because there's literally a dog yes. in a pilot seat. My question is, is it dogs? Maybe. Okay. But I couldn't find the trailer. It doesn't exist. And when I click the link to the game, it says error not found. <laughs> I need this game. Because I'm picturing the, the battle in up. <laughs> and if it's <laughs> anything like that, I'm 110% in. Uh, also, Nazi dogs. Think about that. What type? That. Like, what? Are, what are the Nazi dogs all about? I don't know. They don't like poodles. Like, what? Are... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see a screenshot or anything. Yeah, there is. It doesn't exist. They don't like pugs. Pugs are gross and they don't have a snout. <laughs> that is insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all like German. Uh, you know. What was it? Uh, German hound dogs or whatever. You know. German shepherds? Like, German shepherds. There you go. <laughs> German hound dogs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kyle, listen. It comes to this part of the show called Andy House's Snail Mail. Now, yes, Andrew House doesn't live, or sorry, doesn't work at PlayStation anymore. That's just a fact. But it doesn't stop me by going into his house each and every week, stealing his shit, sometimes his mail. Just to prove a point. Now, you could theoretically send us a question at PS uh, Trophy Room on Twitter or the Casa de Bad Bit Discord server. You could do that. 
That's pretty rational. Mm-hmm. But you know what's more fun? What? Writing your letter over to Andrew House, sending it over. Me scuba diving my way into Andrew House's house, <laughs> taking his mail. And this week, guess what I got? What do you have? Got some doubloons, and I got three pieces of mail. The first one comes from Josh. Why'd you he writes in there. Why? Why, why was that? The I, I, I could have sworn you were going to say Turkish delights. No, because like, look, doubloons are pirate themed. Mm. So is Andrew House a pirate? No. Gotcha. But like, you know, rich people, right? The one percent. Yeah. Like, and, the like they probably have like a fucking expensive vase. They have some fucking like. African mask, you know, sitting there. Like, you know, like Killmonger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in the beginning of, of Black Panther. Like, he all stole that shit and appropriated it for his own. So I'm thinking there's at least a doubloon here or there. This has a knickknack. You know, like a paperweight. <laughs> so, yes, yes, stacks are very heavy. Letitia, three doubloons will do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Josh writes in, with Microsoft receiving praise with the smart delivery option. Do you see Sony extending their cross buy options to do the same thing? Yes. I would say why. I just if PlayStation wants to continue being the consumer friendly company, like it's yeah. a no brainer. I think Microsoft keeps putting them in very yeah uh, vicarious positions, yes. like like uh, precarious positions, because like. All of a sudden, like they champion crossplay, mm-hmm. and real talk, uh, from what I'm aware of, they didn't champion crossplay because it was the most consumer friendly thing to do. But a lot of developers and a lot of publishers at a certain point were just like, "We need crossplay in our games. Live service games are a thing. Put this in the in in, in your services. They were or, or, uh, on your platforms because our games need to extend the long." The, their lifespan as long as possible. Mm. And Microsoft saw that messaging from places like Ubisoft and from these indie games. They're just like, all right, we'll pick it up. And bam, they championed it. And the people bought it. I bought it. I'm in. And I'm thankful that they that they championed it. And bam, like, it's there. Cross-platform, cross-progression. Mm-hmm. That's all there because Microsoft made Sony cave. That, I mean, remember the Fortnite thing. I always say it, you know play together, craft together with the Minecraft uh, commercial between Nintendo and Xbox. Like, that is a crazy-ass commercial, and it's because Xbox wanted to put Sony in a very awkward position. Yeah. Um, So I think if Sony's smart, yeah, they do the same thing. They go, okay, smart delivery. Mm -hmm. And it's for all of our games starting right now, starting with The Last of Us, starting with Ghost of Tsushima, all these games going forward will have smart delivery. Yeah. Um, you want to handle the next question, sir? Absolutely. The hypest of hypecasters writes in, if you could only pick one game to be a PS5 launch title, which would have the greatest impact? Number one, Spider-Man 2, Carnage in the Multiverse. Number two, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, New Worlds. Number three, Gods of War. Number four, Persona 6, All Kink, No Stink. <laughs> More like two of the big ones. Oh God! Come. Sorry, Tamal, son. Uh, Antonio, these are great choices. Um... <laughs> that was disgusting. I might actually have to edit that. Like beep it. That was really gross. Was My gross. apologies. Uh, <laughs> <was> really... What? 
I don't even know how to get past that. Uh, you know, you the, these four choices that Antonio brought to the table, Joe. Yes. Which yeah. one of these the fake games, these are totally off Antonio's brain, would yeah. have the biggest yeah. impact to you? Spider-Man. Yeah? Yeah. Spider-Man's the highest selling PlayStation 4 game. Spider-Man. Easy. I guess so. I I would love God Gods of War, but like that ain't happening. Yeah. And even if it did, I mean, it, it would sell gangbusters. Don't get me wrong. Oh. But it's not it's not going to push systems like a Spider Man would. Sure, I yeah. I think for Spider-Man's iconic for me, uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely Horizon Zero Dawn two. Um, not because I think that is the most likely out of those four, but just because right. imagine the PS five the launch game is a female-led game, and it's the face mm. of the new generation of PlayStation. I think that would speak wonders, and I think that would have a great yeah. impact going forward. Actually, I think that'd be... You know what? That's dope. I'd like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I met an Aloy cosplayer as well. She was wonderful. Oh, at PAX? She was, gosh, yeah. yeah. I saw always, two Aloys. They're always so good. Whoever, Whenever yeah. they do Aloy, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, this question comes from Stephen Weber. Um, and it's multifaceted. So I'll first go to read a tweet from Brian from PS4 Trophies. Mm-hmm. He says, had a dream. PlayStation 5 added a new trophy type. It was the Emerald Trophy. Considered a live service trophy where a dev can add one Emerald Trophy a week. Worth less points than a bronze, but new trophies available for weekly challenges and such. And he said, retweet PlayStation, make it so. Back to Steve's question. What's your thoughts on this? I personally like the idea of expanding trophies to accommodate modern service-based games. But the clutter that it could come along with is troublesome. Kyle, Mm -hmm. what say you say? I kind of like it. Um, Why? I I think when it comes... How dare I? Uh, I think when it comes to... Uh, you know a trophy hunter with these live service games once you do the trophy list it's just like okay i, I mean i can mm. just go out and grind for better loot which i totally understand but like getting that extra incentive to keep playing is always something that's that is good for the player when it comes to trophies and stuff so in my mm-hmm. mind i think this could totally work i think where games Fair. put out like dlc packs and they each have their own trophy list and, and whatnot I think they can do that and just have it be like two emerald trophies per season, right? So it's mm. not just a ton. I'm not saying give 10, 15, you know, every right. month or whatever. But like, let's say a season is a couple months. There's like two extra emerald trophies you can get that once that season is gone, once the time frame is gone for these emerald trophies, mm-hmm. you can never get them again. So it's kind of like bragging rights. Like, hey. I did this while you guys were left the game. Like I have this like I don't I don't like that idea. I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. Games change and so like if you bring a game like Fortnite mm-hmm. where like they're changing shit constantly, mm-hmm. one trophy might be out of date in the next month because they let's just say they're like, um do X amount of damage with the automatic shotgun. And then three months from now uh, Fortnite decides or Epic decides, you know what? No more uh, automatic shotguns. They're overpowered. Anybody coming in, they're fucked. And any new players coming in, that's a daunting task. Mm-hmm. 
What if we met in the middle, though? Mm-hmm. What if we had not trophies per se, but like, hey, gang, for this week, um, do this objective, get a free theme or a free mm-hmm. icon. I like that. That would be pretty cool. Like a like an avatar for your PSN yeah. profile. Yeah. And cool. sure, that's going to take time and effort for devs to put in there, but can't be too much time if it's like a silly little icon. Yeah. And it gives you a little bragging rights. It keeps you playing as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be far more dope. You know? That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. You know, I'm a pretty fair dude. And with that, Kyle... <laughs> That's the first half of this episode. Yes. But guess what? what? We've got also the pack stuff that we've done for everyone attached to this episode. Our sleepy packs. Our sleepy packs. <laughs> um, I, I haven't listened back to it, but I'm. it's probably incoherent, and I can't wait. <laughs> um, we have so much more ideas after this packs coming uh, to two packs together. There's so much things that we've learned and so many things that we want to do next time around that we didn't get the chance to. So this episode is super exciting because instead of just walking you through every single game we played, we wanted to make sure that we're giving shout outs to the games that impacted us the most. And so, yeah, what you're about to see is our top five, but kind of actually like top nine games of PAX East. So Kyle, before we head on out though, mm-hmm. Go ahead and pimp your stuff. As always, I like to pimp myself, Ninja 73 on Twitter and on PSN. My show all about the best friends of the kind of funny community, Best Friends Talk Funny, at BFS Talk Funny on Twitter. Um, uh, I just recently crossed 4,000 listens total on that show, so I'm very, very excited Ooh. about it. Um, and speaking of our PAX coverage, um, if you want to know every single thing that we played um, uh, on the other gaming show that I do, Platform Agnostic, Joe was gracious as enough to do a day-by-day rundown with myself and Mike Toundro at Mix Toundro on Twitter um, and at Plat Agnostic on Twitter. We did we ran through every single game we played on the show floor and went into depth about so what the games are, like, are, are about. So this uh, thing you're about to listen for us is only our top nine, top ten, um, but we ran through, I think, total over 50 games combined from everybody so like go check that out it was a lot of fun tiring yeah but it was great tiring and let me tell you something (laughs) spoiler alert what 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 rip and tear man i can't wait 20 2020 man if we survive to see the c 2021 what a hell of a year it's gonna be for sure (laughs) Uh, and you can find of course me over at Mr. Badbit on Twitter, Badbit Games on YouTube, where you can find the video version of the show. You can find the audio versions on anywhere you get an RSS feed that's not SoundCloud. Easy as that. Please rate us five stars as well on iTunes. If we get a five-star review, guess what we do? We read it out loud, give you a shout-out, and all that good stuff. I know we got some in, but it's late, and I'm tired, and I forgot. That's on me. We'll get, you next we'll get to them next week. So with all that said... With all that out of the way, keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. Now, this episode, a little different. We sound a little different. We sound very tired, and that is because this is our PAX episode live from the Hotel Ramada 
That's right. I can touch. Tell. I can touch Joe. And there is the co-host, the greatest co-host who ever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. So this time, if you bring up Bloodborne, I can just smack you. Well, I will because some of these games play like Bloodborne. So yeah, um, you know, uh, we we talked about this being a goal back in October. Uh, you know, on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/BadBit. So if you like this content, please throw a dollar our way. And this for any patron dollar and up or any patron prior who may have dropped you know their their pledges this is also for you absolutely so, um thank you all so much for getting us to to pax east as we look to the future of of of, of the patreon we'll get to you news about that after this show so with that uh how we're going to talk or, or, or run this down is we're going to talk about our top five games of pax east in no particular order and how uh, PlayStation backing out may or may not have impacted the show as a whole. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. with that, we have a lot to talk about, Kyle. Yeah. We got to talk about Final Fantasy VII. Sure. We got to talk about Sony you know, pulling out of all the things. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about Doom. We're going to talk about sure. Tunic. Oh, we're going to talk about games about grandpas of bowling balls. A guy named Norman. Hell yeah, we are. <laughs> and you know what? That's what the whole show's all about. So, Kyle, sir. Do we, do we want to start before we get into games? Sure. Since this is the PlayStation podcast, yeah. let's talk about Sony not being there and how it felt. I okay. think we should start there. All right, yeah, let's start there. So yeah. again, gang, it's 12.09 a.m. as a recording. This is going to be one lucid-ass <laughs> show. Kyle, yeah. PlayStation just, uh, it seems like just yesterday, mm-hmm. announced it was coming to PAX, and then all of a sudden... They weren't going. Not only just coming the packs, bringing the heavy hitters. Yeah, they're bringing Last The Last of Us. Us. They're bringing um, Doom. I was going to yeah, be at the booth. Doom, Marvel, Iron Man. Yes. Like they're bringing the heavy hitters here, yeah. and then last minute pulled all or most of it uh, on the show floor. Some games still remained, but they were thrown on other booths, mm-hmm. like the Astro booth, which is where Predators was, yeah. and Discord Paper- had Doom. Discord had Doom. Yeah. Discord had Doom, and uh, Paper Beast was kind of shafted. Mm -hmm. So, with that, Kyle, um, how was it with Sony not being there? So, uh, last year, when we went to go play Days Gone and I played Control, um, it was. Their booth was was kind of big. It took up like a. Excuse me. Like a whole aisle. Yeah. Pretty much. And I was. I was worried, like, what, what are they going to fill that space in? Just chairs? Yeah. Are, are they just going to just have an empty space? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel like we were missing much. Yeah. There's still a ton of great stuff there. I thought they were going to have Randy Pitchford with a sign <laughs> going, why would you fuck me on this? <laughs> I mean, like, yes. Am I bummed that I didn't get to play Last of Us just yeah. for bragging rights? Right. Of course. Yeah. But in its place, I got to play a bunch of other really great smaller games that... My time would have been taken away from because I was waiting a lot yeah. on PlayStation. Stuff. And the thing that sucks is people are going to take this and they're going to run with it going, well, you're just PlayStation guys, so you're going to say that Sony back and out was the smart thing to do and this, that, the other thing. But, like, honest to God, in two weeks, if we're sick with coronavirus, yes, they're probably <laughs> in the right. <laughs> we got we got patient zero in the back in the room with us. So, like, <laughs> so I mean, shit's... <laughs> Shik- oh my god, is that one for real? No, that would hurt. Okay. <laughs> Mike Dodger, everybody. Um, Platforming but, Master. Yeah, plastic. 
Plastic. I was going to say plastic agnostic. Like, subscribe, share, rate. There you go. So, yeah, um, with PlayStation being gone, like, it sucks. Uh, do I think it's an overreaction? No, because, not because of the, the conference itself. They made a point. Like, there were guys with sanitizer wipes on the yeah. escalators. Like, people were actually listening to basic hygiene and pretending to I wash will, their I hands. will say, from a couple of years past... Developers were not that on top of cleaning yeah, controllers. This time, and everybody headphones. was wiping it was shit down. Pretty, they were pretty great at it. Yep. hand sanitizer at every booth. Yep, they were on top of it. They were they were on top of their game. And what Sony's really nervous about isn't the conference itself. Um, it's the airports. Airports yes. are going to be a cesspool. Anywhere there's a port, you're going to have risk of contamination. And mm-hmm. when you have a virus that you don't know how it spreads, yeah. That's a big concern. It's yeah. It's you better stay home. So, yeah, I understand them pulling it out. Who is it an overreaction? No, it's really a case by case basis. And as we see GDC, which we'll talk about on our our regular show, Mm -hmm. or probably have talked about if you're listening to to this at this point, um, it just it totally makes sense. They're they're not alone in this. Yeah, Yeah. and it's not like we didn't get to play games because we played plenty. We got fucking (laughs) shit on Kyle. Which, uh, honestly, God, while we were uh, doing the uh, the platform agnostic shows, which I'll look them up on iTunes, rate them five stars. Like uh, subscribe, share. <laughs> God damn it! I love it. I love it. Uh, it's like we have a producer in the do, room with right? us, but he's just producing another show. Exactly. So, um, uh, you know. What was I going to say? We were playing games. Yeah, we were playing games. Um, but the one thing I do want to note before we get into it is a far, a lot more room to walk around in because PlayStation wasn't there. They widened everything, the yeah. aisles. So, and I think we figured out that Mixer probably got moved to yeah. occupy some space there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, with that, let's talk about sure. what we've been playing. Now, most of these games will be able to play on all platforms, including PlayStation. Some games are just so special to me that I want to talk about them. Yeah. Regardless of the platform that they're hitting, so Kyle, take it away first. That kind of goes with our message. We just love games, yeah. no matter what platform. Exactly, we're and a that, PlayStation focused podcast, but we love games no matter what. Exactly, and that's what PAX is all about. Like, first off, let's even before we get into games, yeah. the energy is just electric. It's, it's just people that are there, like you know, whether it's the cosplays, whether it's the devs on stage, you know, whether it's the fans attending, it's even just, the good enforcers. Yeah. The good enforcers are great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody's there for a reason because they love yeah. games. So It's what's... even more special when you have a developer that really is so happy that you took time out of your busy schedule and played their small game. Yeah. And yeah. they're just happy to talk about it and gush about it. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to start with a small game. I'm okay. going to start with a game that's coming out this May, um, and it's just pure fun. I'm talking about Maneater, Joe. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> tell, tell the... Okay, what is Maneater? Maneater is... Uh, you play as a shark. Yeah. Who was... Uh, you were gutted from your mom by yep. Scaly Pete. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who is the world's best, like, shark hunter. Oh god. And your whole goal in life is to take Scaly Pete down and, re- <laughs> and, and enact revenge on him. Um, the narrative is told at, like, a documentary. Um, okay. It's the same voice actor that does uh, Morty's dad. Uh, Chris Parnell. Chris Parnell. Which I did not know was him until the What's Good Games panel. Um, 
Yeah, it's just straight up fun. You, mm. You're a shark, you eat uh, sea life to gain points, uh, health points, mm-hmm. currency, I think. I didn't get to get into the upgrade stuff. Sure. Um, but, like, you can jump out of water and attack, take people off of boats. Just, like, snatch them up, dive in the water, eat them. Yeah, some of it. Attack the boats, jet skis. You can actually go on the beach for, like, a minute and just attack, eat people on the beach and jump back in the water. It's pure chaos and fun. Like, when you get higher level as a shark, like, you can up unlock, like, electric... <laughs> powers or bone armor like it's 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 outrageous it's stupid but also it feels good yeah like looking at the gameplay this is also they it has rpg elements like this is tripwire interactive and tripwire is famous for killing floor um yeah killing floor in particular where it's hey listen let's get into the basic of what is fun Mm -hmm. let's just make something stupid wacky like sci-fi esque yeah. you know premise you know, like the channel and just have fun with it yeah and that's what like man eater kind of seems like to uh, me. yeah i it's i never thought watching it first watching the reveal at e3 last year on the pc game showcase of yeah. all places um how much fun that would actually be i thought it would just be like kind of like a niche thing but no, it's super fun controlling the shark and uh, attacking boats and just be, doing shark things. Like <laughs> now, even, how even the sharks like, have moves. Like, like they have a how, tail whip and it, it's kind of cool because like you're in the perspective of Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> like of Jaws. Like I feel like people got high one night. They <laughs> entered a room. They're like, "Remember Jaws four? <laughs> I never saw Let's Jaws do 4. Jaws 4 with Michael Caine. I've never seen Jaws four. Well, with Jaws four, like the sharks after him and his family. Oh, sweet. Yeah. But it's like, this is, it's like you're in the perspective of that shark. Uh-huh. It, how does Steely Steve, what is it? Scaly Pete. Scaly Pete. I think. Yeah. How does he play into it? Like, how does this, do you, do we have like a vague idea of how the story works? Uh, well, the demo opens with Scaly Pete receiving a call on the CB radio while he's being interviewed by the, the documentary director. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, a shark sighting. And he's like, Full on business. Let's yeah. go. And the demo ends with him finding you, and you can't really fight back because it's overpowered. That's like how they just right. stop the demo. Um, so I assume you'll have many run-ins with Skelly Pete until you're. <laughs> you're. I think his his deckhand is Kyle. Somebody actually. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just fun. It's it is video game fun. Okay, that's what it is, and it's forty bucks if I'm not mistaken as well. I, right? I don't know the price on top of it, but it's May twenty second of this year. PS four, Xbox, PC. Here's the thing: fun, stupid game, right? Yeah, it's we're gonna be literally swimming in a seven here. We're days away from Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> Anything? Oh. And you're in between. Uh, well, I was gonna say in between Avengers, and but that's no. not even a thing anymore. No. Look how tired I am. Uh, but yeah, you're days away from Last of Us. Yeah, you gotta give credit where credits due. Yeah. There, Scaly Pete. Scaly Pete. Um, Hit the shark, coward. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the next game. Is you know what? I'm gonna do something a little different here. Okay. I feel like I will say this. I feel like Sony screwed over some of the devs, um, and when reallocating their where these games are going to be shown. They didn't do a good job in doing that mm-hmm. in promoting those games. I will say that that is one shitty thing to do, mm-hmm. because Predators Hunting Ground uh, was a fun ass game. Mm-hmm. This is made by Ilphonic. Um, these are the people that made Friday the Thirteenth, 
And when I originally saw that game, I'm like, it's not my genre. Horror isn't usually my genre. It has to be some type of sci-fi in there. But what is, is... Uh, is the Predator. So, if you don't know what Ilphonic has done, Friday the 13th is an, uh, is an uh, isometric or asymmetrical multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. Think of it like Evolved meets Friday the 13th, where you have campers who are just trying to escape out of Jason's hands. And now, with taking over the Predator role, uh, Ilphonic has decided, hey, we're going to have different Predators... So you could be a scout predator, you could be a beefy predator from like Predators the movie, um, all the classic iterations of the predator you're getting to play as. At the same exact t- team uh, time, you're a, you also play as a SWAT team who is you know in the jungles of like Colombia trying to do a mission, and you don't know that the predator's there, mm-hmm. and they do a fantastic job of making the predator invisible and fucking deadly so in this game you also have ai you have to deal with they're the drug lords that you're shooting which i like yeah and the predator also has to be aware of of these things as well so the predator knows that you're there the the player who's playing the predator knows that you're there but um also has to be aware of the ai you as well as the as the seal team six member now i only played as the the army dudes but I'll have to say this, being hunted by the Predator and knowing you're being hunted by the Predator is insanely scary. Mm-hmm. And how you make it out alive is you complete the objectives and escape or you kill the Predator. And how the Predator wins is by killing everyone. And when he kills you, it is so fucking gruesome. Like, he ripped my spine and my skull out of my body. Sweet. And you saw all of it, and he keeps your skull on his belt. So I'm happy that they. Oh, that's a nice little. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm happy to hear they're keeping that Friday Friday the Thirteenth vibe because when yeah. Jason killed everyone, the, all their kills were super gruesome. Yeah. And the cool thing about the Predator as well is you down an enemy first before you straight up kill him because then you could kind of leave that person as bait. So like everybody mm-hmm. has to kind of go towards them. It's really fun if you have a coordinated team. We know that people are fans of these type of games, whether it's Dead by Daylight, whether it's Friday the 13th. A lot of people like to throw Evolve in this game's face, but like those two games have their audience. They have people that love them. And when you're playing as a SEAL Team 6 member, I, I'm just saying SEAL Team because it makes more sense to me. It's modern mm-hmm. um, to me. It, it feels good. The animation when you're shooting feels good. It doesn't feel great. This is still a $40 game. But, you know, animation's there, the fun is there, and it just sucks that not a lot of people, in my eyes, got to experience it because PlayStation literally shafted them. Mm -hmm. Now, luckily, we're going to have a free beta at the end of the month, um, March 27th to the 29th. But, honest to goodness, this game was a ton of fun. It looked great. It ran great. Didn't give me any hiccups. The cool thing about the Predator as well, I will want do want to say this. Classic Predator, man, just look at the trees. <laughs> like when it turns invisible and you like you see trees moving around, it's always uneasy. Yeah. So again, Elphonic cool. Predator, check them out. Kyle, what's the next? Game? Uh, question for sure. that one though. Uh, did you see Invisible Predator? Like. Can you see a glow yes. around him, or yes. is it just like straight up invisible? No, no, no. You see the glow around. Okay. Him. 
So it's not like perfect camouflage. It's literally straight up like how you see them in the movie. That's how. And so like there's one time where I had to get this objective and I had to hold down X. And then I see the motherfucker walking near me. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh, (laughs) Come on, dude. Um, So like it's, it's, man, it's a lot of fun. And I can't wait. Like I really want to play this with you. Yeah. In the free beta so that we could communicate. Because communication is key. And that's the only thing I fear about this game is it's a bleeding edge scenario. Mm. We're bleeding edge Xbox's exclusive game uh, coming out in March and it's kind of divisive. Uh, I kind of feel like this could be the same for Predators. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, what's the next pick? Uh, my next pick is a game called Infernex. Um, I, I'm not sure if this is coming to PlayStation. I, I assume so. It was demoed on a Switch. Um, it is, think, old school Castlevania. Okay. Um, but the way it changes it up a little bit is you have choices, and you also can, like, go to shops and buy magic spells and huh. equip new armor. And uh, when you equip the armor in the game, your armor changes on the screen. What's the, what's the art style like? So it's, it's Castlevania. It's straight up 8-bit. Oh, Okay. I I'm get I'm very confused with the bits right. uh, except for you. You're the only bit I understand. It's a bad um, either eight bit or sixteen bit. Okay. Uh, just the old school Castlevania games that you remember. It looks like that to the point like the attack is like the chain. Oh wow. Thing. Okay. Um, but what is really cool is you and I hopped in after somebody was tired of dying. So right. like I didn't start at the beginning, uh, but I was walking through the town and. Uh, a boss burst through the the gate, mm-hmm. and the the priest and the the the, uh, the monks and the knights are running to save the town. Um, I I got I beat the boss. I got it down to half health. I, it fled, mm-hmm. and then I noticed like it had purple blood and it just stayed on on the level. And huh. so I you had to track this thing down. I went to start, and wow. it has quests, and like the quest is track the mo- the monster kill it to save the town from future or whatever and so i followed the purple blood which is a cool little uh thing instead of just randomly going in a direction and trying to find it right um i tracked it all the way there and took it out and uh it just it it has that magic of the old school castlevania game of those old games but with a modern twist on it that i really 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 love i think okay. it's and shout out to the booth the booth was awesome. Yeah. I had, like, old VHS tapes just on the TV oh, set. It, it reminded me, like, I'm playing an old school game. Okay. Yeah. Kyle, talk, let's let's talk about old school for a second here. Okay. Let's talk about Final Fantasy VII. Oh, you're going right into I'm it. I'm going right into it. I was going to save what? it. <laughs> no, well, no, no. Listen, we got the nice little indies out of the way. We got Man Eater. We got Predators out, right? I got one more. I mean, we got so many. I mean, I got one more indie in my top five. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yes. Well, then let's start with this one, because this is a game I've, fuck, fuck if I know anything about Final Fantasy, other than Cloud's a cute little twink that I want to take a little bite out of, and so is uh, Tifa, Fifa, what's your name? Tifa, I hate you. Tifa. Tifa 2019. Yeah, dude, she is fucking... What, last year's version? Yeah. Uh, sorry, Tifa 99, we're fucking good. <laughs> 97, 97. So, yeah. Uh, Tifa and Cloud, they're cute, and I wanted them mush. But uh, other than that, you, I was very excited to play this game, mm-hmm. but more so watch you play this game. Yeah. Because 
This is your childhood. The game, game means a lot to me. It was my first RPG on PlayStation. So, Kyle, here, I'm going to now direct the mic right Ooh, to you, buddy. yeah. Take it away. Uh, the moment I put on the, the headphones, uh, the menu music started, and every hair in my body stood up. I got goosebumps. I teared up. It is the perfect version of this game. Uh, or perfect... Let me take that back because I still love the old school game. It is what I think the remake should be. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to, to report that it plays exactly like I hoped it would. It is fast paced. It does get, take a little getting used to. Mm-hmm. Um, not stopping every single time to do every single action. Even though you can do that. Um, but swapping between Barrett and Cloud was awesome. Using mm-hmm. Barrett to hit... This, uh, by the way, this is the boss fight that you've seen in the E3 demo. Yeah. It's the Scorpion boss. Uh, so when the Scorpion boss goes on the wall... They he's... literally... They toss you like... They're like, here's a few mobs. Yeah. Here's a chest. Look around. Who gives a shit? Right oh, to the Scorpion that, thing. That makes me so angry. Of course you look around, Joe. <laughs> that's... that's Oh! Uh, you know what this reminded me of? RE2 remake when you're right about to fight uh, uh, Mr. X. Sure. That's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like switching between characters is a simple up and down on the D-pad. True. Um, Barrett obviously hit the long range with his gun arm, and yeah. Cloud is more of the straight up in your face. Uh, they do a Kingdom Hearts move where they do the shortcuts for mm-hmm. all the powerful moves, which I got into a real great r- rhythm of staggering the Scorpion uh, tank boss, which is a mechanic from Final Fantasy Thirteen, which yeah. a lot of people don't like, but that mechanic is awesome. And when you stagger, it allows more damage to happen. Um, and so I would stagger up with Barrett, and then switch to Cloud immediately, use the shortcuts to do his big attacks like Braver, yeah. which is weird that it's not a limit break, but it's whatever. And limit breaks, I'm so happy I got to experience both of them, because yeah. they're they so, were cool. so, so, so cool. Yeah. Um, I'm in. I'm in love with music's awesome. The voice acting is incredible. Yes. Um, because like I'm gonna stop you here yeah. right for just a second. So far, so good. Yeah. Like Barrett is very, you know, very much a cliche black dude of the '90s. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing I'm not a fan of. But whatever. Just I'm the SJW. I guess I don't know. I'm the worst. Um, but like Cloud's voice acting, fantastic. Yeah. Like I for I forgot that these characters were in voice. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's something I besides the I totally movie, yeah. but like, yeah, 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 there was a movie, right? Yeah, Advent yeah. Children. Um, but, Advent Children. Yeah, Square Enix. What's it's a, it's pretty dope. Oh, is it? Really? Um, okay, cool. But like the way their voice, specifically Cloud and Barrett, because that's all we played with in the demo. Yeah. Um, I really dug their tone. I loved, I loved the relationship because Barrett doesn't trust Cloud because. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil things for Joe. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. There's a reason why he doesn't trust Cloud and why Cloud is so not all... Not willing to participate fully, completely yet. Yeah, he kind of... He's giving me Han Solo vibes. Yeah. That makes me kind of just love him even more. But, like, from a level design... Like, knowing what that level is in the original game... Right. And seeing it realized in full 3D... Yeah. It just breaks my brain that it's happening. Like yeah. I saw the, and that I saw the so trailer. How many years ago? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> At this like, point, oh twenty sixteen. Yeah, it's, oh man. Yeah, man, uh, as a person that's never played Final Fantasy Seven, 
and this is my first foyer into it. It is weird. Yeah. It is a mixture, though I do think, um, I forget who I was saying this to, but it felt exactly what I feel like when people talk about Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. it, it being that turn-based style meets what Kingdom Hearts is with that action ad- adventure feel to yeah. it, that hack and slash feel to it. It feels like it, the perfect combination of of both worlds. It feels like what Final Fantasy fifteen was trying to be, but to me, failed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. As someone who played it at launch, I, I heard it got better, but like. Mm-hmm. To me, the more I think about Final Fantasy VII, the more I like it. The problem is the booth I was was in, the headphones were broken. Headphones were a little loud. Dude, I couldn't hear fucking Jack all. Like, it just, I, it it was, it hurt to listen to. Yeah, it was a little loud. Uh, But beautiful either way. And yeah, the boss fight was a a lot of fun. So, like, it's up there on my list. I do, I do agree with something you also said to me. Go for it. uh, For newcomers a weird spot to just throw you into the demo yes it would have been nice to, to have it uh, maybe that whole section instead of just the right. tail end of that journey yeah. um like here's th- like literally like three mobs tops yeah i would like to just have five more minutes of getting accustomed to the gameplay because it is weird to get into especially mm-hmm. if you're first timer so like the demo was weird it's kind of like when everybody walked out of that animal crossing booth but not as 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 harsh of yeah, no, that was a bad demo. Yeah, but like, like, because I don't know what I'm doing here, but yeah. I'm still on board. This was a good demo, and I'm very much on board. Yeah. I have the special edition pre-ordered through Amazon. Maybe they actually deliver this time. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. April cannot come fast. Enough. April tenth, right? I believe so. All right, let's go into the next. Uh, oh, that's game. me. That's right. Yeah, because we that's both on our top five. That's right. Um, I'm going to I'm going to talk about. The last indie, okay. um, a game that doesn't even have a dedicated platform yet. It's a game called Season by Scavenger Studio, uh, which uh, made the game The Darwin Project, which I've talked about on the show many times. It's a game that I was jealous Xbox had. It was like the Hunger Games multiplayer thing. Yeah. Um, this game could not be any further from that. Yeah. It, like when we were just talking about it before, it feels like an Annapurna game. Yes. Um, rather than what you know, Darwin Project kind of looked like this goofier looking take on like a Fortnite esque yes. art style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This the the dev uh, told me, and I should have got her name, but I'm a big dum dum. I'm tired. Um, she the the studio's message is they want to take gaming further. Mm-hmm. They're they they don't want gaming to stagnate. They want to make it a a better experience and push the boundaries of what gaming can be, um, specifically in the narrative department. Yeah. So the game is all about a, a boy from this village who are, are viewed as like watchers, like think watchers like in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, who just like watch things that are happening and record them for history's sake. Um, and the world is, is going through like a cataclysmic event where things are happening and so you are sent to go uh, preserve <coughs> humanity pretty much mm. and the way you do that is you uh, go through the town, you meet people to talk to um, you, let's say you, you walk up to a lake and mm. you have three options to put in the journal that will be placed in a time capsule uh, you can either draw the lake. You can either uh, describe what the smell is like. You could 
uh, draw a picture of it, whatever you choose. Um, and you do that multiple different times. And the way uh, a, a friend of ours put it when he told us about this game mm-hmm. was it's so important for you to put what you think is most important for humanity and what you believe should be preserved in case something goes wrong. It's heavy. It's beautiful. I love the choices. No one's going to have this exact same playthrough. Um, I, and, and yeah. like it's it's kind of like it's kind of morbid in the sense of like you are picking what is the last thing you yeah, will cause, remember. Because spoiler alert, like you can't stop whatever's right. happening. It's You're just happening. there to make sure the history is saved and people know about what's going the the traditions, the yeah. culture of of the area. And it's kind of like it's kind of like a little like take on life itself. Yeah. It's like, what are you taking out of these fleeting moments that are mm-hmm. passing yet? Are you listening to two douchebags talk about video games? Are you interacting with mm-hmm. it in your car? Are you, are you, five en- stars? Are you enjoying life? Are yeah. you, yeah. I mean, you could also enjoy that. life. Well, what's you can do demos? both. You can go <laughs> enjoy <laughs> life and yeah. have us in your ears. There That's was fine. one moment, though, where we talked about it on the Platform Agnostic Podcast, mm-hmm. and that is that um, at the end, it chooses, you get to choose if you want to pray. With this yeah, month. so it, it, yeah. it was. It's just another choice, like you've had previously. But you find this monk, um, who's kind of given up because everyone's moved on. No one is praying anymore because there's nothing to do. It's going to happen anyway. Um, and he asks you, "Do you want to pray with you, him?" And you can choose either yes or you can be the watcher and abstain and just watch the the process. Um, I chose to pray with him or, or take part in the ritual and then he says would you like to say the prayer with me and the options were yes or no but I'm going to record it and preserve it and I chose record because I think that's mm-hmm. if I was in that position and that's my job that's what I would do I would preserve the prayer yeah. and so he he said to me um, well it's stronger if two people do it but I mm-hmm. understand and I want to make sure this prayer lives on um and it's just, it's just so, it's so beautiful. It's, it's heavy for sure, but it's I think exactly the type of narrative game that I want to play. Yeah. I I want to see where this goes. I want to see all the different options for humanity. And like mm-hmm. I, they gave us a questionnaire afterwards of like, since they were so early, the, yeah. this idea was last September. And yeah. they already have a demo out now, which and it's is already nuts. at PAX, and it's yeah. already packed full, and like, they're already being talked to by all the big, pu- yeah. big people, big three. Like it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I put like, what other types of recordings would you like to put in the journal? And I put it would be cool to do like a little video clip of like the surrounded, like some naturescapes or mm-hmm. uh, just other ways to preserve humanity. It's just it's great. Season Scavenger yeah. Studio. It's super early. I don't know when you'll be able to. Real talk for a second. This is when I start derailing the show. In first, in the first uh, grade, we had a time capsule. We put. Yeah. Did you ever write a letter to yourself and then open up at the end of the first grade? I think I did. Yeah, I did too. Guess what? You did that. I did it multiple times. We never like. I I mean. I think they opened it when I was in high school. Oh okay. I wonder if they're just like, who the fuck are the Backstreet Boys? You know, <laughs> I remember. I think in, the, in my fourth grade one because it was an assignment, Mike. I didn't do it out of uh-huh. hobby. Okay. Um, I wrote for losers. <laughs> Mike, you should. I never derailed your show. Uh, I, I wrote. 
I wrote to myself, I'm going to meet a famous person. And uh, nope, didn't meet a fam- famous person at all in fourth grade. Oh, oh, in the fourth, fourth grade. fourth okay. grade, That's what I meant, yeah. yeah. I wonder if, like, people have actually kept up with their pen pals. Remember you get a pen pal? <gasps> I do remember yeah. pen pals. My pen pal was a bully. <laughs> oh, it's a bully? No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I think there was one where we had to, like, talk to prisoners or something. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> As like, elementary school children? <laughs> I think so. He's like, my name's Jeff. I did drugs. Don't do drugs. Oh, like a scared straight program almost? Yeah, but like it was a pen pal. But like these prisoners really enjoyed like writing and getting their creative vision out. Oh, I bet you your mom had to sign like a permission slip. <laughs> it was the 90s. It was a similar time back then. Remember, Bill Clinton was president. Like so much, you know. Right. Will Ferrell was on SNL. That's fair. You know? Anyway, please write into the show <laughs> if you had a prisoner pen pal <laughs> who did drugs. Uh, uh, please send in your first grade letter to <laughs> at PS Trigger. Yes, if you still have That'd it. That'd be dope. If it's, it's in your mom's drawer somewhere. <laughs> um, the next game that I played is another game that got shafted by PlayStation. Uh, that's Paper Beast. Um, a game... <sighs> Yeah. Listeners of the show yeah. that Joe shot on. I, dude. What I, it happened on State of Play. He was like, this looks stupid. This looks stupid. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I hated it for the reason why I love it. So, um, this is made by Pixel Reef. Uh, Eric Ch- uh, Chahai. I'm sorry, it's a French name. I'm bad at pronunciation as it is. Um, beautiful. Like, this is, this is, this is something else, man. It goes to show the love that Sony has for the PSVR platform, because this is a PSVR game, mm-hmm. and uh, this is where you're just walking around. It's kind of like a walking sim in a way. You get to traverse through all parts of the level by teleporting. Um, it kind of goes to show how far like PlayStation and VR has gone, because the, teleport- the teleporting portions don't make you sick. Turning with the, the, the move controller by pat, pressing, like, square or X never feels disorienting. Um, it, it felt like I was at peace. Um, the wind, the environmental, atmospheric design of the sound made it freaking beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, you run into this huge bulking beast that looks like something out of 2015's Game of the Year, Bloodborne, that we haven't seen a sequel since 1,803 days. That was me slapping, Joe. Um, uh, A beast like that, but paper mache. And it's guiding you through the whole tutorial in the first chapter. It gives you the the ability to teleport as well. You literally pick this little red thing out of its eye, and you put it on your, your, your controller. And it's just guiding you through, and it shows you what this world's all about. And you're feeding a dumb little paper mache deer a, a fruit, and then you're guiding that little thing along the path as well. And then you meet a predator that eats it, which shows that there's a whole entire ecosystem to this game. And then there's storm effects that happen because it's all sand and whatnot. It's all also high poly poly uh, polygon art, um, and it uses the the limitations of VR with it with draw distance to its to its using it as a strength where you feel like you're in a sandstorm because it sounds like you're in a sandstorm and it looks like you're in a sandstorm and this this little creature that's helped you throughout the whole way tells you to go into this cave because you're about to get swept away and there's this vortex that's swallowing the whole map hole 
and it sacrifices itself to save you. Mm-hmm. And, like, you gain this connection through this dumb little 10-minute demo that I absolutely was floored with in... I was emotional with it. Um, and I was... I forgot I was at PAX, which is weird. Um, there's also, like, this level design portion, which puts you in god mode, and you can have the beasts fight each other, like, plot it out. Um, you can, like literally change the day to night you could change the whole environment to scale to the way you like it and how you pinch in and out to zoom in and out um beautiful awesome this game comes out he said one to two months so he doesn't have a firm date himself but uh definitely take a look at it it's something else that's great it's awesome yeah i love you playing games that make you emotional yeah man I don't, I... that means the game is working yeah yeah. I mean, when that's the core mechanic is to make you feel something. Mm-hmm. Those things have to feel genuine, and they can't feel forced. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It worked to a team. Absolutely. Kyle, what's the next game on your list, buddy? Uh, I don't know if this is your also your last game in the top five, mm-hmm. but uh, tag, Mike, we need you. Uh, Fuser. <laughs> uh, Fuser is yeah. uh, Harmonic's new game. Mm-hmm. Um we were just I was just talking about I was I don't know if I was here or one of the other shows I was on sure but I I miss rhythm right music rhythm games so bad so before we tag Mike in here and yes. he does a way better job of describing it because he's a musician himself <laughs> um Fuser is a game we didn't know about until Wednesday Wednesday right before PAX yeah this is Harmonic's attempt at being a DJ yeah. You're getting it's to play drop with... Mix. They're taking the drop mix card game yep. and putting it in video game form where you are mixing songs. Each song has uh, four tracks on it. <clears throat> Vocals, yeah. uh, drums, bass, yeah. synth, whatever makes the song. And you have to drop, pick the tracks, drop them on beat for the most points. Yep. And you get the typical five stars like Rock Band. Um, there's cool stuff like... Uh, the the crowd will request songs, mm-hmm. and you have to make sure you pick the right songs to get that score up higher. I think that's how you do multiplayer or right. multiplayer to keep that going. Uh, star power is there in some form where you click it, and uh, the song gets like you, the typical DJ song where yeah. you feel the beat is yeah, about like, to drop. Yeah, and then when the it, beat you drops. feel like it drops, you add another track in, and the crowd goes wild. No. Right? No. No. What happens is the beat drops, Uh and it's a perfect new mix song. Oh, right. I'm an idiot. uh, Brand new tracks there. It's a perfect beat, and it makes the crowd go nuts. Yes. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's so good to have a harmonics rhythm game again. It's also the most accessible uh, game that I played on the Mm -hmm. show floor, where as you're standing in line, they're just like, hey, if you're colorblind, let us know, because we'll fix that for you. Um, Not your colorblindness, you're still going to be colorblind. (laughs) That sucks. The The the, demo. The the demo itself, they'll change the colors for you. Um, Also, no peripheral needed. Exactly. You use your controller, and with that... Hey, tag. 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 Let's do this. Mike, explain what you're doing as you're dropping the beat and how it all works. So... I want to talk about the tech behind this game okay, because it, it absolutely fascinates me. Um, so yeah, like my, Kyle just mentioned, I almost combined both of our names. Jesus, it's definitely almost one in the morning. It um, is. So oh, as Kyle mentioned, uh, you are dropping different elements of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first track is the backbeat, which is you know typically a drum, a, a beat, you know a kick drum, kick and snare, whatever it may be. 
Um, don't worry, audio engineer over here. Don't worry. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Fucking get the fuck out of here. Um, so yeah, the the first track will represents the backbeat or the drums. Uh, to me, that's the more simple part of the tech. I'm assuming, uh, granted, we didn't have a chance to really delve into this, and once I get the game, I really want to like break this thing down. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that's what sets up the tempo of your mix. Okay. The more fascinating part is the actual transpositions between key changes and matching keys uh, between different songs, because obviously... Not every song on the planet or every song on this set list is going to be in the same key, as in like a C major scale or anything like that. Right. Bad Guy and All-Star and uh, Don't Lady Be Gaga. Reaper and Lady Gaga. Gaga are all very, very different uh, songs with yeah. very different styles and very different keys, major, minor, just different tonalities in general. Um, this game somehow seamlessly transposes all the elements for it to match perfectly. Yeah, it that feels is, like... That's a lot of work. Yeah, and it feels like no matter what you're doing, and it, the, the cool thing about this game is um, no matter what you're doing, like you could be an idiot like me or you could be a uh, professional like you, you you're, the music's always going to sound good. Like you could put three vocal tracks in there and somehow it's going to make sense. Yeah, I want to talk about that also because I yeah. tested this a lot. Um, I, I should have pushed it and did four vocal tracks. Yeah. but So I had drums... And then I, I keep forgetting the uh, which vocal tracks particularly, but I think I did uh, Imagine Dragons, Thunder, who mm-hmm. I goddamn hate, um, uh, LMFAO's Party Rock, and me, I, oh, and All Star, of course, it was All Star. So, selecting the three vocal tracks, you would think like this game's not going to be smart enough to kind of like separate or make it sound good. It's going to sound like they're singing. It's going to sound like they're singing over each other, and it's three separate songs playing. But I had the backbeat going. And again, all these got transposed into the same key. I had in uh, from the Magic Dragons in Thunder. It's there's the back thunder, thunder that was going on, acting as like, kind of like a, a shaker, a synth kind of like sound. Um, from All Star, it took the whistles. Wow. And from Party Rock, it took the main vocal. So it all filled out into an incredible sounding mix and. Again, the tech just fucking blows me away. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, it's harmonics. They've been doing this. They're the best yeah. in the business when yeah. it comes to music games and music tech. I was telling Kyle the other day that they are, like, low-key pioneers in audio engineering uh, and post-production education. Uh-huh. Uh, because all those games, obviously, like, when you mess up uh, a snare, like, you you hear the sound of the snare missing. Missing, yeah. So, all those tracks are available online i used a lot of those tracks to like practice mixing while i was like learning this stuff. that's awesome so like they know what they're doing and this is just taking that rock band like formula to To the the next next level thank you mike i love you hey hey platform agnostic uh like subscribe share (laughs) at plat agnostic there you go yeah, you know what else Incredible. is awesome about this game? What's that? You feel cool. You feel <laughs> fucking badass, my dude. Dude, no, ma- again, like, I never got a fail state. It never told me, hey, you're fucking up. Mm-hmm. The audience will tell you, hey, I want to listen to seventies, and you'll play seventies esque music. They want to say, I want punk. You give them fucking punk. Mm-hmm. You want to switch it up to rock. You do, and no matter what, it still sounds good, and it's still like the crowd is still driving with you, whether you're getting a one star. Or five star, and that's that's the best yeah. about this game. It's so, awesome. Yeah, I twenty twenty uh, fall twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, with that, it gets to my last game. Sure. That is 
Doom Eternal, man. Oh my goodness, Kyle. This is the first game that I got to play. Uh, we waited in Discord, uh, in the in the Discord line, to get to this game. Mm-hmm. And as a person who has played the first uh, Doom, or sorry, Doom twenty sixteen, I'm going to be honest with you. I never finished it. Um, I don't know what happened, but just somewhere along the lines, I just never finished this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, you know, we had Alan on the show. Um, ah, there it is. Uh, we had Alan on the show talking about what sets this Doom apart from the predecessor. And really what it comes down to is that the guns feel good, right? You get upgrades to these guns. So, like, let's just say you have a shotgun. You have an upgrade mod now to it that turns it into also a machine gun shotgun mm-hmm. or a rocket launcher attachment to it. And all of it makes for a visceral just combat while at the same exact time still giving you you know your machine guns your rocket launchers and all types of shit to just blow up enemies at the same exact time you know you still get your assassinations but when you're assassinating enemies when they're glowing you get a fuel for your chainsaw and that's what's giving you ammo to continue ripping and tearing through the hounds of hell and my god it feels so good. So you, there's always this this balance you have to do between combat of, hey, I need to assassinate this person so I get some energy so that I can chainsaw this person so that I have more ammo for my shotgun so I can blow this guy sky high. And there's this big megalodon looking son of a bitch. I need rockets for that. So I'm going to switch to my rocket launcher. Then all of that at the same exact time, they're like, in the level, is going to be ginormous. Mm-hmm. This is a jump from Uncharted 3 where it's very linear to Uncharted 4, the Madagascar map, where it's go explore, it's a lot wider, do what you want with it. That's what Doom 2020 feels like. The map actually has a lot of platforming elements to it. So your, your entry into this new type of map landscape is you get to this portion of the map where you're actually sliding and you're shooting enemies while you're sliding and then you see a yellow pole, you jump on the yellow pole, grab it, leap down into a just crater full of enemies, mm-hmm. and then you just stomp on one demon's fucking neck. And that's where you, that's where that's that's where the fun begins. <laughs> it really is. Even on easy, because I tried to just wanna like really get through the level, there is a balance you have to have between the combat to make sure that you're you're making it out alive. Uh-huh. It's never just an easy process. Um, so yeah, I I love this game, absolutely adored it. It's it is my game of the show. You you mentioned the the bar was yellow. Yes, is that going to be like it? The Uncharted yeah, Dog that's yellow defi- type thing. Yeah, that's definitely God. You could tell when we ran out of gas here. Yeah, uh, that's the Naughty Dog yellow where hey, go climb on this thing. That's where you can hey, interact. Yeah, interact. You're interacting Got with it. things. This is my game of the show, man. Like, it's not even coming close. It makes you feel powerful right off the gate. It makes you feel... Just the intro alone, where it's like, Earth is fallen. Yeah. It tells you the population. is that currently, the population is 38%. Mm-hmm. You are the last beacon of hope. We send one man. You. Rip and tear until the end. And then, bam, heavy metal music. It's like, fuck me yeah. right up. And when you look at the landscape, it is what you think doom and hell on earth would be 
if it if it was hell on earth. Like mm-hmm. it looks dystopian. It looks like the future. It looks like everything you wanted out of a doom on earth scenario. Mm-hmm. It man, it slapped so hard, yeah. Kyle. I'm happy you got to play it. Yeah, I'm dude. I I again, I, I've never I, been so high on this game. Yeah. Until Alan recommended it. Uh-huh. And I totally understand what he's saying. I sound like a crazy person because you're probably listening to this and going, wow, Joe is incoherent. Man, this just sounds like more 2016. It is, but it isn't. And I understand that there's no map editor. Trust me, when you see this game, you're going to understand why. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of intricacies. There's a lot of, hey, we're going to tell you where you could go. But trust me, there's more stuff to do on the side as, as well. So... Doom 2020, man. March 20th. A lot of 20s. A lot of 20s. So, so, so on board for this. Any honorable mentions, Kyle? Sure. Um, I played a game called Knuckle Sandwich. Okay. uh, Which I really And also with these, like, Twitter, you know, posts. I gotcha. Um, It's a turn-paced RPG Mm -hmm. um, where in order to do any attack or ability, you have to complete a WarioWare minigame cute uh very cute art style is very very cool it's a mix between like undertale and saturday morning rpg cool um love that game that was great i'm going to talk about norman's night in uh the game you <laughs> you've teased before uh norman's night in is a game that's out right now on steam and ios uh an old man wakes up and he thought you know what i what i haven't had in 10 years What's that? a bowling ball and he goes by and he buys a bowling ball and it is a Metroidvania like puzzle platformer, <laughs> where you um, make the bowling ball move away from Norman, and then once you let go, the bowling ball comes rocket, uh, rocketing back towards him and knocks him in the direction you're Poor going. Oh fucking Norman! So you need to use the ball to get Norman up the different yeah. levels of platforming. It's really fun. It's great to rewire your brain and think of a platformer in yeah. a different way. Um, I uh I'll leave that the other one for you. Okay. Um, uh, Red Lantern, uh, the dog sledding game that's on Switch. Um, it's basically like kind of like on rails, but you get to decide: go right, left, uh, hunt. Um, you can camp whenever you want. You can pet all the dogs. Um, you just want me with this game. It's it's (laughs) it's really cool. It's a survival game. So like, Mm -hmm. if the dogs run out of stamina, game over. If you run out of, uh, if your hunger goes all the way down, it's game over. Like you got to make sure you you. This game was extremely popular in the indie mega booth. Yes. Like there was lines out the door, and it looked beautiful. It looked gorgeous. Yeah. Um, played Animal Crossing demo wasn't that great. No. I'll just leave it at that. First off, I'm still excited Tom Nook, for it. Tom Nook is a fucking crook. Okay, Tom, answer the hard questions. Okay, why were you in support of stop and frisk? He won't answer it at all. Uh, Coward. I, I, it was a multiplayer demo. Not a great way to show somebody me <coughs> who's never played that game before. Yeah. Um, and then the last two I'm, I'll talk about is uh, a fold apart, which is a game about two um, lovers, partners who are in a long distance relationship. And in order to uh, be together, uh, you have to fold paper to solve puzzles to get them together so they can interact. Cool. Um, super cute game. And uh, the last one, I'll men- I'll just mention, I played Destroy it. All Humans and SpongeBob. Definitely <sighs> PS2 games. Um, but if you're into that, you're going to have a great time. If you're fans of those... Sure. 
properties, you're gonna have a great time. Joe Cheers. is just being harsh on it for no reason. I'm not. I'm just I'm tired of the fake hype. That's all. I'm it's doing. not fake hype. I don't know why anybody would Mr. be. Mister, I've never for that. played Punch Out before. I never played Punch Out. How dare you? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I host the PlayStation podcast. Oh, by the players. I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm gonna give a few more shout outs. Uh, one disintegration. Why? I know we talked about it on the show previously, but I got to find out more about the single player. Ironically, like I, I, I got a, a, a an in-house media thing invite where they're talking about the story here, and I could I could talk about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, Andy House isn't gonna knock on my door. Um, it's a, a global pandemic wipes out humanity. <laughs> Is it ringing a bell so far? Um, and pretty much as a last ditch effort, humanity uh, creates the. Uh, integration project where they integrate your brain they put you in a robot it's a dope idea right off the bat and you're trying to solve the cure so that you can bring humanity back but there's an organization that wants to keep integrating Mm -hmm. they want they see this as the next form of humanity and that that it's humanity will be just robotic you know Cybertron, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, this story has me hooked. I am very much looking forward to this game. I know we've had some issues with the multiplayer. It's still rough around some edges, but the single-player combat scenarios that I've seen so far really have me intrigued. The next game is Forgone. This one. Yeah, that's the one I get left for you. <laughs> Imagine a straight-to-the-point uh, Dead Cells, where the, it's not roguelike, but the combat is still fast fluid. It feels really great to hack and slash. Um, it's in early access right now on the Epic Game Store, uh, but it is coming to other consoles sometime next year. And just because it has that you know Dead Cells-esque combat that I love so much, that quick dodging in and out of combat. And also with this one, you have range and melee that you get to eviscerate your foes with. Totally on board with Forgone. And then our friends over at uh, uh, Wraith Games Collapses, where listen, I'm not a puzzle guy. You yeah, know me. No. I'm a big dumb idiot, folks. Um, I love my Bejeweled. I love my Tetris. And that's where it kind of ends with me. But Collapses got me in. Uh, it's going to be literally on any platform you can imagine. And it is like Bejeweled in a sense where you're trying to match four or more colored jewels together to create, you know, to get more points. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time you only have a set amount of moves you can make. And how you get more moves is you match five or more cubes together. So essentially what you're doing is instead of switching cubes around like in Bejeweled, you're collapsing jewels you're actually destroying them and then making the other ones on top or on the sides collapse into each other it's awesome it uses gyroscopes so you're you know if you see a pattern that you can collapse but you need to be in a widescreen you know perspective you use a gyroscope bam it'll fall diagonally super cool super unique i really dug it uh and the guy said that they've been working on this game since 2005 Damn, and I played this on a fire tab and it ran smooth. This is, this is one of those games. It's a toilet game. Mm-hmm. You're sitting on the toilet. You're playing this for like ten minutes. And you forget. You know what I mean? And then your legs asleep. So like that's that's what this game is for me. I can't wait to pick it up 
on literally all the platforms imaginable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I, I was surprised at how much I dug that game. Um, and then let's see. I also played Destroy Our Humans. Woo! Cool. Cool. <laughs> with that, Kyle, let's end it with your game of the show. What was it? Uh, it's it's a toss up between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Fuser, but I'm yeah. giving it to Fuser. Okay. Um, just because it took us all by surprise, and yeah. I didn't realize how much I still needed a music rhythm a game in my life until I played it, and now it's I can hear the mixes in my head. I yeah. can see the thing. The, I'm into it. The cool thing about the Fuser booth too, because they are playing oh, the same song technically. Best booth packs. Yeah, they're like, dude. First and foremost, <laughs> we're gonna talk about our favorite moments at PAX in just a sec. But you pass by the booth. You never heard the same song, like mm-hmm. you heard the same lyrics for sure, but like different. Bands. Yeah, because the yeah. harmonic st- uh, harmonic staff were DJing and they were playing the yep. game on stage. And, and with they had that, fireworks and sparklers. <laughs> Kyle, my first my first moment of PAX. Yeah, my honorable memories. Um, the THQ booth and the harmonics booth, <laughs> at some point, had an alliance with each other, mm-hmm. where the destroy all human aliens would, in a conga line, march on over to the harmonics booth and start becoming the DJs and start dancing on the booth. And uh, one alien walked up to me, of course straight face, because it's a mask, yeah. and raised the roof. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was like, this might be the game of the generation. It brings together other species. <laughs> it brings together different fucking life forms, a lot of species. That's awesome. Oh God! What uh, was it? What was one of your highlights? Uh, I finally met Xavier Woods. Yeah, um, which was awesome. We got to talk to him for a little bit. You got tips on how to be a cor- uh, you know, corrupt? No, no tips. I'm not corrupt, and neither is he. Um, <laughs> Whoa! Okay. Yeah, it right. just—he's super awesome, dude. I'm glad I finally got to talk to him because I've been a fan of his forever. Yeah. I was at the IGN uh, up 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 down down video game tournament back yep. at Comic Con a couple years ago. He's just awesome. Yeah. It was great to see him. Uh, wished him well on his rehab because he's injured right now. It was, yeah. it was great. Uh, my other like highlight of this show, um, definitely meeting the Iron Lords in real life. Yeah, that was great. Imperfect, uh, imperfect in person, um, and they are just all perfect human beings. <laughs> it is funny because we'd always run into each other. Completely by accident. Like, I was going to try to find you at the uh, day zero of PAX, and I just bumped into Cognito, and he wasn't wearing glasses, so I was like, is that Cognito? He just looks at me, he's like, Lord Badman! I'm like, my man! (laughs) Awesome to see all the crew there. They work their fucking asses off, man. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously, like, every tweet is like, we met famous person A. (laughs) We met famous person B. I was like... Holy shit! Yeah, Respect the hustle, they have, man. Uh, they interviewed the wonder, wonderful one hundred and one team, yep. right? And they, that's awesome. They didn't get blocked on Twitter afterwards. That's great. So that's I awesome. Mean, that's, that's <laughs> something. Uh, what about what's another memory for you? Uh, I know. I know. Real talk, guys. The last four days, three days have been a blur eight because eight years. It's it's not a blur. I'm just wondering, like, are you gonna do you have another one, or can I say two? Could say two right now. All right. Um, I met. I I got in line. I got autographs from the Final Fantasy VII voice actors. Mm-hmm. Um, you might say like, oh, not a big deal, but like they were super nice. Right. This game means a lot to me. I got a little 
good. I got a, a moment with each one of them, yeah. which was awesome. Like the person who voiced Biggs is Fergus and Wolfenstein, and I told him how much I loved him in that. And he was like, That's "Oh, so... thank you so much. I forgot about that. I love just cursing and yelling fuck for two hours <laughs> in a booth, um, which was awesome." And then yeah. like uh, Erica Lindbeck, who plays uh, Jesse, um, is the voice of Vutaba. Uh, yeah. I can't even say that word right now. Sure. In Persona 5, as well as, like, I told her, I can't believe I'm going to tell my nieces that I met the voice of Barbie, because she is the voice of Barbie, uh, oh, still shit. to this day. Um, I met Brianna White, who is the voice of Aerith, mm-hmm. uh, who I've been subscribed to her YouTube channel for oh. years. Oh, she's a YouTuber. Yeah, and this is her first voice acting role, and she oh, wow. is in such a iconic role. Yeah. Um, and I got to tell her how proud I am of her re- doing this. It's yeah. awesome. And then uh, I didn't get to meet Barrett. He had to leave early. Speaking of which, I didn't tell you this. What's that? Just real quick. He left Boston during the the signing. Okay. He's flying okay. to Japan. Because there was supposed to be a Final Fantasy VII party in Japan. We but they canceled him. it. Yeah. And But he didn't want to cancel the ticket. And guess what he's doing afterwards? What's that? He's flying back here tomorrow to do the signing. So he's flying to Japan. Oh boy! Flying back, he's a madman. He's a madman. I, he's dedicated. I love him for that. And then I yeah. met Britt Barron, who's the voice of Tifa, and mm-hmm. said how much I loved her in, in Glow. She plays Justine, and got her to do a little message for one of my friends. Like it is, it was such a wholesome moment. They're yeah. so unbelievably talented. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a highlight of my last day at PAX. So I'm happy yeah. to end it like on a super high note like that. Um, to me, a lot of it was meeting people. Like meeting people that was my other one. Time, right? like, like I met so many people. Uh, Shell shock. Yeah. Um, people that I, I have only uh, see here or yeah. or barely see at all. Like like we met uh, our you know our guest Derek from SDGC. Yep. Um, saw their panel was fantastic. Yep. Uh, Rev Valentine. She's yep. she's a sweet. Like so fucking sweet, mm-hmm. and she has a like a memory of, I don't know, like like a still trap, a still trap. Yeah, yeah, because like she saw me, she's like Joe, and I'm like, you know who I am. That's ridiculous, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was really meeting all the cool folks there, all the brilliant cosplays as well. Like a lot of Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. I saw a Wraith, looked dope. Saw a Lifeline, dope. Mirage also dope. There was a revenant there who looked like he fuck like he was in a fucking game. Yeah, <laughs> he scared me, and I did not get to see him. I saw him in a in a promotional um, pick, but like, yeah. And also, you know, I what? saw Higgs. I didn't see any Porter Bridges. I saw Higgs. <sighs> yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw a lot of Higgs because he was a cooler character. One one more thing before we go. One more thing. One more thing. I know it. Saw the Mandalorian. Didn't kill me. Thought that was dope. Um, and yeah, that was that's pretty much it. Other than like making an ass of myself uh, to the uh, Dead Cells crew, because I literally just walked up to them. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I love your game. I turned like it's literally my most played game on the Switch. I love it so much. You're amazing, and I love you. <laughs> Kiss me? What? Shut up. <laughs> Stupid. Just do it. <laughs> but yeah, it was... This PAX was awesome. Yeah. Again, just meeting everybody. As um, tired and in pain my legs yeah. feel, it was all worth it. Yeah. Seriously. It really was. So, with that, that's been the Trophy Room at PAX, man. Uh, really awesome games to look forward to. 
Um, all of which, like, I mean, on my top five, I don't know about yours, but to me, they're all must-buys. They're fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Number one moment, um, Pax, here you go. Um, first off, shout-out to our great, bitter rival, Nintendo, who screwed us over decades in the past to then have one of the best, nah, the best booth. Um, the Animal Crossing booth was oh, nuts. It was a good booth. It was a fucking nuts. Yeah. And to see, like, Tom Nook, I, like, people, when K.K. I've never played Animal Crossing, guys. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a fan here. But, like, when K.K. Slider, a man who's obviously in a costume, came out, I thought panties were going to be fucking throwing at him. I literally, I texted Nintendo Guru after I saw this. I'm like, you're not going to believe it. And and (laughs) Bobby said something along the lines of, like, yeah, no, people lose their shit when they see K.K. Slider. He's like, the dog, right? Yeah, with he's the guitar. A, he's the dog with the banjo. Okay. He's like the Nirvana of fucking Animal Crossing. Every I don't know why. Yeah, that before we end the show, I have to throw. Cool. Every time I see KK Slider, for some reason, I think of Nirvana. <laughs> and I think it's just like you go come as you were. You need to sleep. And it's like wake up. But yeah, that booth was nuts. And getting the pin. Again, I don't care about Animal Crossing, but friend of the show, Ryba, who has helped us, uh, helped me out countless times, helped other awesome creators that that, uh, uh, partnered and friends with, um, you know, helping him out for the first time, able to help him out and to say thank you. Mm -hmm. The only way I know how is like, waiting on a 30-minute line with for 200-plus people, like, in front of me to just get him this little pin. Man, that was that was awesome. Because yeah. it felt different. It was just like, no, 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 I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this you for had, Ryba. You had a quest. I had a quest, and I fulfilled it. Yeah. So, there you go. Again, that's been the Trophy Room at PAX. Again, thank everybody for supporting the show the way you guys have. Um, the last few months have been nuts. Like, I've talked to Kyle many a times about it. It's just... It's crazy to see where we're going. It's crazy to see so many of you uh, all support us. Um, and yeah, this show is exclusive for patrons. The dollar tier and up, we will throw it on the regular feed uh, attached to the latest show. So if you're not a patron, you still get it. Not locked behind a paywall. Just patrons get it first at patreon.com slash badbit. You help the show grow. And again, the next step of badbit is... Um, is something that I'm, I'm going to be really happy to share with you, but when I'm actually conscious <laughs> and not this sleepy. So it's a good call. Yeah. We'll probably announce something mid-March of uh, our next plans for the Trophy Room of PlayStation podcast, which I'm very excited about. So with all that said, and with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. Keep playing PlayStation. Mm-hmm. No, keep hunting. Keep playing PlayStation. And have a nice one. <laughs>